This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boyd came to give him life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation We got the power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd. And here with me, I have Rich Lotta. What's going on, man? Chilling, man. Just ready to talk about um, a lot of wrestling, and it seems like this past weekend just kind of crept up on us out of nowhere as like one of the bigger wrestling days of the year, uh, if not like the biggest. When you look at all the things that happen around the world, um, yeah. you got Triple Mania popping off. You got Super J Cub. You got Impact's pay per view. Um, Best of Super Junior World Tag League on yeah, Saturday that, or Friday. Yeah, it's, all, that, all that stuff just kind of coming out of nowhere and landing at the same time, essentially. Um, so we got, you know, a, a bunch of stuff. We're not going to get to all of it, but, um, it's been quite a week. And, you know, ever since, you know, my dog, you know, my dog Kenny, you know, got the, uh, you know, okay, got the so, belt. It, it's just been nonstop excitement. So this is an audio or medium. So what Rich did was is he pulled out the Kenny Omega AEW World Championship shirt out, it, uh, I guess in, in, in accordance with, Kenny uh, winning in in so like y'all didn't see that but forward. y'all didn't y'all unfortunately didn't see that but you know maybe we can you know recreate it or something in in gift form for for the yeah. folks like maybe you can put that maybe you can put that up uh you know on Twitter or something but <laughs> yeah um but yeah it, it was it was very much did you pop champagne in any time in the last two weeks I mean I don't know if it was champagne right. But I've just been very happy to see all the excitement that has been generated across the wrestling world and then the um the derangement that uh this has caused and you know the the backwalking and like the the insanity that that has caused because you know it, it it's almost like somebody told them this would happen months ago hmm. so. it's uh it was funny because like they did was a 995,000 uh, views for this week's episode of uh, Dynamite, which I believe was better than the mm-hmm. title week, the title match from the week before, Winter is Coming. And, like, Kenny Omega went off to talk. Uh, he's been on Twitter going off people, which is like, I don't think he's been in this mode since... I don't think he's been in this mode since he was uh, calling uh, Dijak Donovan Dickhead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... He's clearly in in heel troll mode and whatever, but like he's he he shot some line about Shaq. He said, "I know y'all don't think this was Shaq that did it." And then like Meltzer came behind him 
like a, like a couple hours later, it was like actually like the top quarter hour in drawing was the Shaq quarter hour. I was like, I was like damn. <laughs> I was like, what what are we doing now? We're about to have. Are we going to have a Katie Katie Omega Shaq feud? Yeah, like, who gives yeah. a shit? Like. Yeah, it's, it's doing great because they're doing great work uh, with Kenny Omega and the show in general, especially on top. So, like, I don't really care, but whatever. Like, um, you know, <sighs> I, I'm sure there's something to do with um, the presence of Inside the NBA uh, on TNT at that time. But whatever, like, we'll see. We'll it'll it'll we'll figure this out eventually. But like, what we do know is. Shaq is a very popular motherfucker, and we do know that Kenny Omega is a very popular motherfucker as well. Like, I don't want to... <laughs> like, hey, that, that, that Kenny derangement syndrome. Like, yeah. it, it's out there, bro. Yeah. It exists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's also, you know, it's also a good week for the people that were like, yeah, Kenny Omega is an Observer Hall of Famer, dumbasses. Like, what's yeah. wrong with you? you know? <laughs> And like it's so yeah, immediately it's so like this man decided like that man went to Zura Hall of Fame was like alright <laughs> seems like it yeah hangman match title match triple mania match uh popping impacts ratings the the uh ratings between this week and, and uh last week mm-hmm. it's been it's been a great time to uh you know to stunt if you're a Kenny Omega fan right now yeah, it's just, it's, it's so weird. Cause like, you know, I don't necessarily call myself a daughter Kenny Omega fan. I am a fan, but like, I'm not just like, he's my favorite wrestler or anything, but it's just weird. Like, I like the dude. So it's like, when people say certain things, it's like, look, man, I'm not in love as everybody else is, but like, at the same time, like, some of the hating is like, what did he do to y'all? <laughs> what, like, I don't, it, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's not even like, it's a step similar to like the Roman Reigns thing where like yes Roman is mostly unproblematic and like your biggest issue is that like he's pushed you, pushed him down uh, your throats before he was ready but like after you get past like the first year of that like he kind of grew into the role so it's like at that point it's like what are we really complaining about um, other than his bad booking of course but that has nothing to do with him mm-hmm. uh, like with Kenny is like He's I, I've never seen a day where he's been booked necessarily poorly either. So it's like he's a really good he's a great fucking wrestler. He doesn't really do or say anything crazy aside from the time he you know, he try he wants to get into his whatever he's doing on Twitter. Like I don't really I don't see the reason why people hate this dude so much. It's kinda weird. It's weird. Like Girl. like every like everywhere he is, he's been, like, there's this weird fandom of people or like a subsect of people in whatever promotion he's in. It just doesn't like him. Like, I don't know if it's, I don't know. I just don't know. Like the LIJ fans and the, and the pure, I, I've been trying to hate, figure hate this out for guns. years. Like, um, the people that love. Bro, and when you think about it, bro, when you think about it in Japan, mm-hmm. Kenny Omega took the long way to the top in Japan. He started in an indie promotion in Japan. Like, like, like what's not to like, like, well, you know, it's the, you know, he jumped, he leapfrogged over Naito to this thing, even though Naito was a heel at the time. No, but the thing is, no, but the thing about, the thing about it is like that, it doesn't make sense. Naito was a heel at the time. Like, so who gives look, a shit? Look, Naito won the title in 2016, but their problem is they never appreciate nothing. <laughs> they never appreciate nothing. It's, 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 it's whatever. Like, I, I don't know, but he a long can't... way. That man took over 10 years in Japan to reach the fucking mountaintop. Like, 
I- I'm sorry, y'all, y'all tripping. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I understand he has some inherent advantages that like other people in in his spots don't get because like they're not white guys. But like, if I don't, it's the same it, to me. Is I don't, I don't understand. Is like, is the dude talented or not? Yeah. Like, are you upset because he got pushed? He's white, and they're trying to expand. Like, I'm talking to you, also American guy. Like, it's it's weird. Like, I I, I get. I'm like, okay, then how about Kenny Omega go unlearn that Japanese language that I'm sure was very hard for him to learn? How about that? Then, like, (laughs) it's weird. I I I don't know. It's like, look, man, I understand he's a big part of the Western expansion and part, and people feel like it. There's people people love to like hate the politics of pro wrestling as if it's like, when has there ever not been? It's like, do people think AEW is some meritocracy? Because I can tell you right now, like, they hire all the friends. <laughs> like, like, it's just, do they do good work or not? Like, I don't, I don't get into the favorite thing. Well, I mean, I, like, whatever, I, we're probably... I just think it, I, I think it comes down to, like, when New Japan was getting popular over here, mm-hmm. the guy that people, d- despite, you know, the people that had already been watching, the people they were in love with, it wasn't their guys that was like causing the excitement that they were putting on top when they were breaking through into America. It was Kenny and it wasn't their dudes. So like, and I think there's natural resentment for that for a lot of those folks. So I, it, it, I guess like, I, I don't know. I just find it weird. Cause like, like they let this linger. This man left a promotion and let and they let it linger. Because I think I think you're onto something. Let it linger. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, I, and the thing is, I think you're actually onto something with that because, like, I watched Stardom and people hate B Priestley to the point where, like, you go on her cage match and you see like people don't rate on her matches like they should. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, okay. Like for example, she had a. Uh, a match with Micah that went to a 15 minute draw on last weekend, right? It's th- three and a half, three and three quarters. Mm-hmm. No votes. No votes. They don't even. Look, they don't even want to vote on it. They yeah, say, Yo, I'm, like- not even, "I'm not even going to hate on it. I'm gonna just ignore. Right. Hope it goes away." Yeah, no votes. And then I look through like some of the uh, some of the ratings I've had for B match since she's came back because remember she came back um, like at the grand at the grand prix final right. I'm looking through them and she's had mm-hmm. a, she had a few matches like the only match I think that's rated that I've rec- that I have is like recommended and for sure three and a half three and three quarters or four is the her match with Shuri. Shuri. That's it. But she's had like four matches that should be up there, and I'm just like okay. Something, some, something is something weird is going on. It's like, hey man, we're past part where she's a champion. She's not, she's not the red belt champion anymore. When we're still doing this, it's weird. It is not like, yeah, it is yeah. not like you know she is like at the top of stardom anymore. Like she is a mid card wrestler right now, right? I, I, this is weird. Whatever, I don't know. I, I'm just seeing this like I don't, I don't get it. Like, yeah. do people hate Chris Brooks? And- you got the coordinate people. Do you think like, Chris Brooks? Like you got the cornet people, of yeah, course. Yeah. You said the cornet people. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you got the cornet people. You just have your WWE loyalists, like who don't watch anything, and that's fine if you just want to watch one promotion. But like, I understand that. some of the stuff that's out there uh, that comes from them. I understand um, that. He's like, like you can't. I think he just catches it in the line of fire from a lot of different directions. And I was, I was explaining to Floyd, I was like, I tend to, um, to gravitate towards these type of people that, that 
that tend to catch it from lots of different directions, like Kobe, like Russ, like, for like Kenny Omega. Except for LeBron. LeBron's like the only person in the NBA that's like really like, let me phrase this, LeBron before he became a Laker. Like, figure how many, figure how many fan bases he used to piss off. He's supposed to go to the Knicks, or the Knicks convinced themselves he was gonna go there. Didn't show up there. He, he's a Bulls killer. Chicago. He's a Celtics killer ever since, uh, he left, uh, Cleveland the first year. Huge, uh, huge flagship franchise. He's, he's the guy that's in the way of Kobe, uh, so that involves all of the Laker fandom for forever. Like, so, all of those fan bases, all those top fan bases hate LeBron's guts until that man basically, like, either A, went back to Cleveland and won that title, or B, became a Laker so the Laker fans got off his back. So you you're with me in saying that this is a calculated move by LeBron to try to like you know to to ease himself into that Lakerdom you know to, to to get some of that. Um, I well, I always thought we talked about this before. Like the move back to Cleveland was calculated. We talked about that for years, years ago. Oh, yeah. As far as the Lakers move, I don't know so much of that being a calculated move or as much as. My family slash me just wants to move to L.A. The Lakers happen to be there. Hey, the Clippers was there. You know. You don't go to the Clippers if you're LeBron James. Remember, remember he uh, back in 2010, he was one of the, he, like, during a decision, did they give him, them a meeting? Didn't the Clippers get a meeting? They did. Yeah, I believe they got a meeting. They finished behind the Knicks. And the Knicks showed up with, uh, uh what's his name? Oh my God! The exact used to be with the Pacers. He ended up at the Knicks. He did the meeting in a wheelchair. Donnie Walsh. Yes, Donnie Walsh was in a wheelchair trying to pitch the ball to come to the Knicks. Do you, you don't remember that? I don't remember that, but yeah. I remember Donnie Walsh. Yeah, yeah. Donnie Walsh had got picked up by the Knicks. They were all in on trying to get him there and all that. And then they went to that damn meeting. That man had a neck brace on. Like, why do you have a neck yeah. brace on? Like, that might but, be the, like that, I was might, saying. that might be the most but. random neck brace thing I, I can remember. Like, even including like Vince in a steroid trial with a neck brace on. It's like, what, what, why do you have a neck brace on? What happened? Simpy. <laughs> but like I was saying, like I, I I see like he can't even make catches from lots of different directions, and then like I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm about to ride for my dog. Yeah. So like, you know, it's it's been a great couple weeks. Let's just say that, and it, it's amazing. Like they've literally like flipped the switch on this man. Like, well, was like I all don't right. know if it's flipping. Like, okay, I, I won't say that. I won't somebody, say he was already somebody that was super always been protected. Under. Always had all yeah. the wins. All, Always all had the direction. Stuff. Super, yeah, Always super. Had stuff. Yeah. But they were like, okay, it's time to like put you on top now. Gotcha. And then he just like walked in and was like, I don't know if I've been like, is like, don't get it wrong. I love Moxley's title reign and everything like that. But like the, the culture has shifted <laughs> since this belt has changed. <laughs> the culture has been moved. Um. I guess you could say that, sure. Like, I, I, it's hard for me to say that the culture has been changed by doing some shit on impact. I don't, like, Kenny's great, but who gives a fuck about him? I'm still like, I don't care. <laughs> like, it, like, I'm sure I'll see whatever they, what Kenny does on impact or whatever. Eventually I'll, I'll get around to it, like, uh, like the day after or the night of or whatever else. But like, I, I really don't give a shit about impact. Like, 
Like, if whatever Kenny does or AEW does, I'll be sure to check for that. But, like, as far as Impact itself, I don't care. Like, when I saw that someone sent, uh, sent a video in the thread of Kenny Omega having some thing with Carl Anderson, I was like, I'll only watch this if there's an assurance that, like, Kenny Omega is big leaguing that man and pretending he doesn't know who the fuck Ken, uh, Carl Anderson is. Then I'll watch it. Be like, Ken- Kenny! Yeah? Carl, you know me? Nah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, man, I was, you know, New Japan, you know, I made the 2012 G1 final. You That's made a G1 funny. final? Nah, it's funny that you say that, because, like, Kenny was like, nah, man, I want to see the old Carl. He's like, I want to see the Carl that was in the 2012 G1 finals. He's like, you can't beat this guy in under two minutes? That guy wouldn't need it two minutes. Wow. So, yeah, it was it was pretty interesting. But, um, yeah, popping numbers all over the place. Impact, 65 times normal the number. That's what it <laughs> was. Switch. That's yeah, what bro. It was. Normally they do, like, one to 3,000. When he was on screen, they had, like, 55,000, and they were, like, top three on Twitch for the night or whatever. Mm. And uh, I believe there was an NFL game going at the same time on Twitch, and it only had, like, 9,000 viewers or something like that. Okay. So... Yeah, like, and then the, you know, regular viewership, I think they went up a decent percentage as well. So, like, I don't know. It's been a great couple weeks, and uh, I'm excited. So, let, let, let's let let's move forward. Yeah. Um, speaking of things um, that are less exciting, <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a bad, I don't have a bad transition. I don't have a good transition for it. But, because uh, we kind of went out talking about Kenny for a while, but... WWE talk. Uh, next week there will be a pay per view, TLC pay per view. We'll get you a, a preview for that, um, probably midweek. But um, there is some wrestling news, and it's not necessarily the greatest in the world. Uh, word has come out that Keith Lee and a number of other people, like um, uh, who was like, what who's the dude with Keith with uh, AJ Styles? What's his name? Almost. Uh, almost. Yeah. Almost, and was it Baba Tunde as well? Baba Tunde, all the black dudes in Otis. Okay. I didn't know Baba Tunde was black. I had no idea. I thought he might have been like Samoan or something. Whatever. You know, you know that beige, it's, it's <laughs> I didn't want to make no guesses. But, okay. Um, and Otis as well um, are going back to the PC or doing uh, extra time at the PC to effectively learn how to work at the behest of Right, the encouragement of uh, Vince McMahon. Um, apparently, there's some things that he does not like. I can understand that for uh, some of them. I really Mace. don't. Sorry, Mace from Retribution. Oh, uh, yeah, Brandon Williams. Um, I can understand that for for people for inexperienced people like Mace and um, almost. I'm gonna keep on almost almost. Oh, it's Amos, but it's with an O, so it's oh, Omus. Or Omus. I don't I don't know. Whatever his name is. AJ's bodyguard. And Babatuni. I can understand that. I don't necessarily understand that for Keith Lee or for Otis. Um those are people that I've seen have a number of good matches. Um people that kinda know what they're doing. But whatever. Um I don't think this bowls well for Keith Lee's future. That you know, this is the kind of thing that you hear, that you've heard um, be thrown at Mark Henry or a or a big show where like does Vince think this person is lazy just because he doesn't have a six pack? Um, I don't know what it is. 
But the Keith Lee, I'm just going to say it, that everyone loved in Evolve, even in NXT to a point, is going to be dead and gone, y'all. And I remember when he got that win over Randy Orton, and it was like the win, I was like, they didn't let him do anything impressive. And then now with this coming out, when you take away everything that Keith Lee did that got him over in PWG, Ring of Honor, NXT, and you strip him down to working like the junkyard dog, how it seems like they want him to wrestle. You really don't have anything that makes him stand out except being big and black. Like, his punches, like, let's keep it a buck. Keith Lee's punches thing. But the answer is don't make him punch. <laughs> but obviously, this isn't how this company works. So, it's. It's it's weird because when you cut these guys' legs off and tell them not to do what got over, they're probably confused. And now they're working in an unnatural kind of thing. What's worked for Keith Lee everywhere probably will not keep working for him body-wise as he continues to, you know, get larger, as he continues to get older. Like, so this may actually help his, you know, the length of his career. You know, by quote unquote, you know, just start working the big man WWE style. But like, I'll tell you, people are not going to love Keith Lee as much. Um, and which will lead to him not being as over, which will lead to him eventually just being on the show. We've already talked about how he's been mishandled from the music to the finishes. And now Vince McMahon with the, um, don't forget his gear with the gear. Yes. <laughs> They've chronically. Fuck this guy from every every step of the way since, like, they put them double belts on him. Like, I don't know what the fuck is to, to this. This is like, and then he was on main event this week with Angel Garza. So, right now, I'm like, well, where, where's the positive here? <laughs> like, what has been the good part? Anyone know? Please let me know. And I've seen, yeah, I've seen the defenses, like, you know, what athlete wouldn't want to get, you know, more training? You know, athletes train all the time. Da, 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 da. I'm like, all oh right. God. Well, That's so stupid. I'm like, well, none of these athletes are being sent with a directive. <laughs> that, that they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Exactly. It's, right. It's, like, it's, um, it is not promising. Um, could Keith League recover from this Keith Lee is a talented wrestler however we've seen what WWE does to talented wrestlers lots of them <laughs> and it's like well are they gonna pick you so and if they don't pick you it's like he's gonna be like alright I did all this you know changing my style and all this stuff it's, it's, it's weird man because for me it's like why not let the guy do what he's comfortable with and what's got him over. Like you already have the answer. What gets him over? But Vince has different ideas as normal. Like, I don't, it's, it's, it seems like depending on what side of the bed Vince gets up on, he changed his mind arbitrarily on a whim, right? Like, Austin breaks his neck from a t- from a power driver. So for the next, uh, that was ninety seven, right? Yeah, yeah. So basically, for the next 
nearly or, or you know over 20 years like no one's allowed to do or 22 years r- roughly no one's allowed to do tombstones I'm sorry a power driver except for um, Undertaker and then like except for you know the Cena and uh, CM Punk thing so then I don't know he sees a Canadian destroyer for the first time and is like why the hell don't we do that pal this is a power driver Vince well, fuck it. Let Ray do it. We trust him. <laughs> and it's like... I, it's just so arbitrary. It's weird, like, how this stuff goes. Like, they, they change their mind from time to time. There's reasons for it. Then it changes. And the, and the reason why things weren't weren't allowed, weren't, weren't good ideas, and all of a sudden the thing that changes even le- makes even less surprise, you know, being lifted is like... Look, man... I'm not even going to get into the whole point about, like, the, the, the booking. I'm just talking about, like, the infrastructure is so whacked out. And it's just, it's, it's causing all these problems for this company to for and for the talent. Like, I don't understand, like, aside from the money and the higher platform, if you are a wrestler, what does WWE have to, to give you? Like, it doesn't seem like it's a, it doesn't seem like the best place for morale. It doesn't seem like the best place for uh, artistic fulfillment. It doesn't feel like the best place in the world if you're a promo guy. It doesn't seem like the best place in the world if you're a work rate guy. It doesn't seem you know what I'm saying like it's it, it just I don't know what I don't know what this is other than I mean I know what it is. It's like it's not pro wrestling. It's a content factory at this point. But like the pandemic. It's crazy that, like, this is the number one uh, most successful wrestling company in the world, but, like, the pandemic has laid it bare that, like, they are the worst at adapting to anything. Like, they've handled the pan Like, their pandemic television is the worst of any uh, promotion I've watched this year. Um, they've str- It's completely made... Like, they've gotten worse when, like, they're, they should be taped... They've been taping stuff two t- weeks at a time at times. Uh when they know what they have because the people have them be off the shelf, which means you should be able to rally behind and have rules and having be able to uh, focus in on what your direct, what your ideas are because you already know you have one hand tied behind your back or whatever else. And it's still all over the place. Like what is the moment of the year for WWE? <laughs> 2020. Like last year it was easy. It was Kofi. Look, um, coming back. Huh? Look, I don't care, but Edge coming back? I mean, sure. Yeah. What would well, be second? Royal Rumble, surprise, Royal Rumble. Yeah. What would um, be second? Uh, like, I would say the Edge thing is like, yeah, that's cool, but it's like, the Edge thing is also like, that is necessarily nothing of your doing aside from you clearing a guy. Like, you could have done that in 2019, you could have done it in 2018, you could have done it in 2021. Correct. Like, that's nothing. Like, Look, you know had, had Edge not told that man it, it was an offer on the table, that man might not be cleared right now. <laughs> but I, well, I don't necessarily mean it. I just mean like, okay, like a return for somebody that you thought was done or was away for a while, like a Roman return, a Daniel Bryan return. This Edge thing is like that's not necessarily your mastermind booking. That's just like the the grace of of fate. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that yeah. So all right. So what after Edge? What else? I ain't got really too much for you. Like Becky announces that she's pregnant. That's <laughs> another act of fate. 
That's another act of faith. Yeah, she got, got pregnant. To do with you. Yeah, they got shit um, to do with your booking. Um, maybe McIntyre beating Brock. Maybe. Would maybe. Yeah, but you know, a in a total moment. empty is arena, it, is, is it some great moment? No, not necessarily because it is empty, like you said. But like that was of their doing. They did orchestrate that. So, mm-hmm. so I would, so I would put that up there high. I will put that up there high. Um. I feel like I'm forgetting Roman's something. Roman's awesome heel turn, I guess. I I, I don't know. Like he, he tur- like imagine if he turned on somebody that we gave a fuck about. Oh, aside from turning on Braun Strowman in in, in the field. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like <laughs> I wasn't necessarily mean to single him as much. Like it's just like, oh, he's just working as he's doing a heel now. Like I get you. I get you. Yeah, it's like I don't know, man. Like it's soulless, is dry, and it's like nothing I'm interested in. Yeah, um, and like we we got off track here, like we normally do, but like this, like to tie back to the Keith Lee thing, it's just it's like it goes back to the end up or NWA the uh, NXT thing of Triple H telling us like we are doing these things to get them ready for the main roster when in fact like nah man like nah. this is like Look, why wasn't Nia Jackson back down right um like this is more like college in the or college basketball where like you go to a school that's a blue blood program like in North Carolina and like there's not much in the way of NBA player development as much as it is like we recruit talent and we hope that it stays for three or four years. Um, and that's NXT. But then like someone gets pulled up. It's like, Hey, well, yes, it was a late lottery. These are late lottery picks. These aren't, you know, uh, necessarily top five picks, traditional top five picks. And even the ones that are, like, they didn't get the development they should have. Like, this isn't a Kentucky, this isn't a Duke. And it's like, I don't necessarily know who to blame because you say that there's development in a third brand and you're speaking out of both sides of your mouth all the time. Like, this is, this is, you're ultimately like serving, well, you're serving one master more than the other, but like, as far as the, you know, or at least at one point in time with NXT being just a gigantic match factory, but if this was in fact to get people to develop into being ready for the main roster and the bright lights of Raw and SmackDown and being on the road or whatever else, then like, you have to say that NXT is nothing but a gigantic failure. Um, and I'm not saying that's part of when you were going to bring that up. And I'm not saying that that's on the part all at the feet of Triple H because obviously it's not it's Vince McMahon not giving a fuck about trying to push anybody <laughs> for some weird reason like he's pushing everybody to the middle like it's a just a gigantic batch of middle um it, I, I just don't know man like you know Chad talks about like the, the longer the longer it stays around like the PC is just like I started bringing up this scam concept in like 2018 and this has thrust it back into the light again where you kind of ask what NXT is for and it's so Charlotte can get a rub yeah it, <laughs> correct alright that, there's another one it's like alright this is a, we can have Charlotte go in there and win this belt or whatever and still do something with her um, it 
it's a place to play defense against the rest of the world. It's a place to um, start doing these global localizations and opening up these performance centers and spending all this money we ain't never gonna fucking get back just out of the out of you know just to lock people up and kill entire continents like the UK. Um, to take Walter off the streets, essentially, like, <laughs> um, and then it's like, all right, you have all your your Otis's, your Lacey Evans, your Tuckers, all these people. Like, none of them have have to ever become stars that that headline takeovers. Elias, like, these are like, it's like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, you know, and then you got your dudes that is sitting in NC forever, just clogging up the pipeline and not moving on, and it's like. This whole thing, the longer it goes, the more it gets exposed. And I feel like I saw this coming a long time ago, and it's only uh, with AEW around has accelerated it even more. And the pandemic has accelerated it even more when they're forced to create, when they're forced to, like, come up with ideas, like, as far as, like, oh, we're going to do cinematic matches now. And then it's, like... They've gave into the worst instincts of the bookers, like of Shawn Michaels, of Triple H. And it's just like, I think, <laughs> I think it's just something a lot of people have. I feel like they have this fond memory of NXT, what it was from like, you know, a couple years ago. And even like the Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn era of NXT now, the further we get away from it. And it's like, it don't feel the same. And, now with Lee in this getting sent down, you're thinking it's just like this entire place is bullshit. Like, right. like, like that's what it sounds like. Well, yeah, it's like okay, think of the callers from this year, right? Like they called up Bianca and Shayna. They've done jack shit with Bianca after having her be like the fucking destroyer of worlds in uh in the Royal Rumble, and apparently that was on short notice. She didn't realize she was going to be in the Royal Rumble until like the day before. She had twenty four hours notice she was going to be in there. She did that, and then it's like, great job. Now let's do nothing with you for a whole like nine months, or uh, at this point let's eleven months. Let's Ripley and Charlotte. Let's let's ha- let's have them, you know, mop you, you know, on the way to WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> Like Shayna, we're we're supposed to, you know, you're you're going to be the match for Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. Um, so we would have you in the Rumble normally, but like we decided at the last second not to and have Charlotte win it because apparently she was promised to win it last year and Becky won it because Becky got hotter than the fucking sun. <laughs> It's like, what kind of shit is that? Like, will you promise me? Oh, well, I'm sorry, Charlotte. Like, I'm sorry that someone got, like, ten times harder than you've ever been in pro wrestling. Sorry. Like, what the fuck? Um, and, and it's not like, I don't begrudge against Charlotte. It's like, hey, man, like, if someone promised me something, I'd be like, hey, you owe me this. You told me so. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, give me what you told me I was owed. So, like, but... At the same we're, time, we're, like, it, we're it probably going to talk about it on the fuck out of here draft, but bro, I'm starting to think like Charlotte's 2019 or her 2020, which was like more destructive, kind of like the shoehorning into WrestleMania or like what the fuck happened this year? Like, because there's just like both of them are like nuclear bombs in different directions. I feel like <laughs> I would say 19 is the worst because 19 was her worst like work as a performer in ring ever. Like, uh-huh. 2018, she was awesome. 19, she was, she was, like, 
basically, ever since we saw her, she was a good-ass or great wrestler, except for 2019, and then 2020 comes around, she has great matches again. It's like, what happened in this year-long period? Was your confidence shaking, or was it just you being fucked with, or what, what's, what's, what happened here? So, um, so I would say definitely 19. I would have to play more She She probably was like, alright, I'm gonna lay it down. <laughs> go Naito, ahead. Naito Vision? <laughs> Yep, about to lay it down. I, you go ahead and, and let let Biggie run with that shit. I'm about to save oh, myself, man. So, um, uh, we got yeah. So, just like you look at these call ups NXT from this year, uh, we mentioned Bianca, we mentioned Shayna, um, Keith Lee's obviously one in there. You look at everybody that's in Retribution, and like they're just all shot now at this point. Dijak after starting off, um, talk, you know, you know, yeah, Dijak when he started off when he was defiant about how like well, nah we aren't nah we're gonna clown you this actually is gonna work and now he's out like yeah it, it's he he he's tweeting like he realizes the reality he's in now um, which sucks is like how do you not even give Dijak a try he's tall as hell he's athletic as hell he has a great physique like. Give him a manager. Fuck. Like you couldn't get, like you could put Paul Heyman with him and make that dude into, and make that dude into at least upper mid Carter. Given, given how that man can wrestle, but maybe it's a situation where like he does too much stuff. He doesn't know how to work. He might be one of those. When is he going back to the PC? Right. It's like, dude, he is, he's like 270, 280 and he can do flips to the floor and hurricane Rodas. I don't give a flying fuck if like, what was it? The McGee and Bret Hart match was such a big deal last year or whatever else. And as far as mm-hmm. it being this lost tape and all of that. And like McGee is a gigantic motherfucker that did flips or whatever else. It's like, so Vince in 20, 30 years have passed or whatever it is. And now, and now the guys that can flip now in 2020 are the ones that can't work, but not McGee back then when he's getting carried by <laughs> Bret. It's what? You see what I'm saying about how arbitrary and weird his rules are and his mindset flips through stuff. It's like, you should be more likely to be into people flipping now, not 30 years ago. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. But yeah, let's, since we're talking about it, uh, Keith Lee, let's, let's transition over. Uh, there were projected or speculated on uh, matches for WrestleMania 37. Uh, one includes Keith Lee, which now I just seem it seems like that I can't see it happening. But we'll we'll talk about it anyway. Mind you, these are not coming from Dave. Uh, right. These are coming from like I believe the Russell Votes Twitter account. So yeah, so huge grain of salt. Um, yeah. but they do make sense, or at least two of them make sense. Um, Keith Lee is projected to be in a WrestleMania match with uh. Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar for presumably the uh, WWE title. Um, Brock Lesnar is still not under contract, correct? Right. Yeah, so that means he would have to sign on again and come back. Uh, I don't know how that would work. Like, would would they they would have to explain the the Heyman double duty thing between Raw and SmackDown with Lesnar and Roman and when they squash the beef off camera or explain that Heyman just, you know, they're both clients. They will not interact. We keep them away on both shows. My job is to start a Heyman empire on Ron Smackdown, whatever. Uh, but they have, they will have to explain it. Like Heyman is, is, is doing both is 
Sorry, uh, you probably put way more thought into it than they, they have, would. Yes, yeah, I know, I have, I know, I have. They just they would they wouldn't even bother explaining. They'd be like, whatever, you know, they don't like explaining stuff for heat. Mm-hmm. It's like great, bad storytelling for heat. Um, so, um, on paper, that's a great match. Mac- McIntyre, Lesnar, and and Lee sounds like a great match. Um. After Keith Lee's been deprogrammed or, or, or debugged of like of excitement, I don't know. I'm less so enthused. Um, very kind of strange match. I'm not. I, I've seen enough three way matches. I'm just like not the biggest fan of them, uh, especially in WWE where it's like one guy just rolls out the ring and then comes back in and. Uh, it's funny. I think they're much more exciting in the video games uh, than in real life. But nevertheless, it just seems like uh, we'll get to it. You know, when you t- talk about the other two matches, but you know, we just gonna run this shit back that we couldn't do last year. This year, um. So I guess we move on and talk about the next match. Projected match of the WWE Universal title between Roman Reigns and Bill Goldberg. Um, <laughs> this was the match that was on on schedule for WrestleMania 36, but uh, the pandemic happened. Roman Reigns said, fuck y'all, I'm out of here uh, for months. And um, they end up sliding that over to Braun Strowman. Um... I I thought I, I get the marking behind the match. It's obvious. Spear versus spear. Very simple. Um I last year I thought, yeah, Roman can get a good five minutes out of him and, you know, do their thing. Um I have not watched I have not watched uh a Goldberg match since Ooh, I can't remember. Um I did not watch Saudi Arabia match where he where he uh, where he hit a shot brain buster on on Undertaker. So, um, and that was what like Blood Money four or three. That was last year. That was 2019. So like yeah. then he went back and fought the Fiend in earlier this year in Saudi Arabia and took the belt from him. Right. And I didn't see that match though, so I have no idea. I can't speculate. God awful. Ah, how long did it and go? Two and a half minutes, if I'm okay. not mistaken. Okay. Okay, was it got off because of the fiend stuff, or was it, or was the work that bad in two minutes? That bad, that wow. bad of a decision, that bad of work. Couldn't even do the jackhammer to him. I don't know why it sandbagged him or whatever, but um, it was horrible. Like that that finish, it looked like a like a suplex. Like it, it was bad. Like <laughs> it looked like a suplex. The jackhammer is a suplex. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he because he, he you know how he normally gets them up and pause right? at the top. Yeah, I know, bro. It looked like he just kind of rolled over, like it was <laughs> like it wasn't. He didn't quite, you know. <laughs> but then you get to WrestleMania with him, and it's just like bell rings. Do your do your spear four times in a row. End of match, or miss spear. Get the finish done to you. End of match. I'm like, I don't want to see it fuck out of here that's not wrestling like that's not a that's that's not anything compelling like like i don't i don't understand this so um the funny thing was after sting shows up at aw 
all the bad faith stuff with the memes that we talked about on this show. I believe people with, you know, talking about Goldberg, you know, shows that that's just like Sting. And it's like totally not. And then for y'all saying all, all y'all had to do is say Goldberg and make him trend and do all this shit. And he comes out like Candyman when you say his name to, to show up for a world title match. I just would like to, to know how does it taste? Like, how, how does that immediate boot to, to the mouth, like, like taste like as soon as you came out here capping that you're going to have to go ahead and deal with this? I guess you report yourself. Um, yeah, man, like, it would be hilarious if the SEO, like, caused this. Like, the needle went up and they're like, wait a minute. Is it Goldberg time again for y'all? Is that, is that what the people desire? Is this what they aspire for? <laughs> is this what they want in these streets? And all of a sudden it's like, well, let, let me get on the phone to, to Billiam. Cause you know, he's on retainer. <laughs> they basically have a retainer like a lawyer. Uh, so, you know, that, that could be possible. Um, you know, I think they can have a fun match. I think, you know, I think they have a fun match based on each other. I think they can. Uh, but, you know, regardless of if this match, or if this match happens, like, Roman's going to win. So, I like, I'm not, you know, I'm not really concerned about it. Like, with my hooker crook, you're going to win. Maybe don't, maybe, maybe Jay Uso come out with a cattle prod. <laughs> Um, and then the third match Randy Orton versus Edge in what will be the rubber match between the uh, was it a street fight at Wrestlemania this year what was that match called what was the specific step I think think it was an I quit match wasn't it I don't think it was an I quit was it an I quit match Or or was it a fall count anywhere I think it was Falls Count Anywhere. Yeah. So first match Falls Count Anywhere. Second match, greatest match ever, where they pre where they tape the match and they have they have fucking cameramen in the ring while they do spots in the ring. Like it's ridiculous. But like it was still a great match for whatever however many times they did it or recut whatever or whatever edit was. Like Last Man Standing, that's what ah, it was. Last Man Standing. Okay. So thirty six minutes. Yeah. Longest like, bro, it says 36 minutes on there. It was more like 66 minutes, bitch. Yeah. Like, we was early on. I was like, I, I was into the match at first. And then, like, Josh was like, bro, this match sucks. And then it kept going. And I was like, Josh might be right. And then it kept going. I was like, yeah, Josh is right. <laughs> Josh, this is not good. This is not good. Um, it, you know, it made, it made Edge just uh, so upset or whatever else. And it's like, bro, like, is it people didn't like this one match? Relax, bro. Like people like the other matches that you and since you came back and your promos and everything else. This one thing is the only thing they don't like, and like this is what you decide to like, you know, like just uh, uh obsess over. It's like I'm not necessarily obsessed by Kevin Hart, but it's like wow. Uh, but like it's like bro, like this one criticism, like 99 criticisms, one or 99 positive things, one criticism been like you focus on the one. I I I I guess, I guess. Um but yeah, third match possibly. Um I mean, I could see it. I understand it, it makes sense to me as far as a <laughs> as far as a long term long-term story. Um but yeah, uh we'll see what they do live. I would say would have Edge could wrestle like a younger person 
like and put that younger person over, but like ain't nobody for him to fucking wrestle. Like, <laughs> like didn't knowing that they're fucking gonna go with. So, I mean, yes, there's that, but it's also it's like that's not what WWE does. Even if there was, even if there was a, I don't know. Um, even if like Montez Ford blew up or, or Dominic blew up or Buddy Murphy or whoever else, like they would just get them in the ring, have a couple matches with some fuck finishes at the end, Edge would Not to say, not, not saying that's right or wrong, but like that's the MO for WWE. Like you have a legend that's coming back to wrestle some dude that's not also, that's not going to be in the main event with them. They're going to roadhouse that person, so they eventually get to the person they want to, like the Roman Reigns or Drew McIntyre or Randy Orton or you know, C- or Cena when Cena's still around uh, to lose to. That's kind of that's just how that goes. And I'll tell you, putting Andrade in there with Edge would be nice. <sighs> wow. Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, he ain't doing nothing. What's Andrade doing? Is he even on Not TV me. anymore? Mm-mm. Not right now. Yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, that was that was the thing. Um, I mean, unless you want to talk more about the Charlotte Flair Run news, back. Out. the the Charlotte news. Yeah, how like there were people there was leaks out of people from NXT apparently about their frustration with the booking of Charlotte NXT, how they were trying to do certain things like insert Bianca Belair to eat the pin and and um and make it a three way to try to spotlight both hey, of them. James. Um uh, you're familiar with the Bomani Jones show, right? Yeah. Hit the music. Ladies and gentlemen, you are still listening to One Nation Radio. If you're hearing this message, it means that shit has gotten too real or some grown folks business has been brought up that you are unfortunately not privy to. It be like that sometimes. The show will continue on as normal in a few seconds. Thanks for your patience. Wow, I didn't realize it was that bad, but yeah, man. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's real. Yeah, but you, you, I mean, obviously, that's all a part of it. Is that's more than I would have imagined. But yeah, you have that, um, and like apparently the story is that WWE, I'm sorry, NXT, they were trying to pitch ideas to, to uh, the Raw writing team and as far as trying to make this thing work or whatever else, and it never worked out, and then, you know, Charlotte uh, you know, was made to look strong in, like, every encounter they ever had, including winning at WrestleMania, and then, you know, Charlotte leaves without ever <laughs> putting anyone over. Um, and, you know, I don't think we've seen Charlotte since. Yeah. Is that Charlotte's last match? It was. And yeah. she didn't put anybody over. Right. She didn't move any numbers. She right. didn't do nothing. Just, and, just yeah, keep, took right. up space. And keep in mind, like, all these decisions, for the most part, in a, in a, or for the most part, you know, we always, you know, the good things and the bad things that happen are all Vince because Vince approves all this stuff because he micromanages. So it's like, most of this stuff is all Vince's fault for whatever happened. But you have that. So, like, you know, there is frustration between the two, the, the writing teams. It's like, 
one's supposed to be a service to the other, but like because the top the main roster slash Vince teams have screwed up Charlotte so much where it's like Charlotte's of the is the star to the level that they believe that needs to have a match at WrestleMania. There was nothing left for them because they're bad at booking and <laughs> building people. So they said let's let's go to NXT and, and, and beat the, the the person that like was hot as fish crease back in like uh was it December night December eighteenth. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and there you go. She goes into NXT with a directive that she can't lose. And then it's like, she's like radio, she's like radioactive. Everything that gets around her gets burnt. Um, right. or, or just, infected. It, yeah, that just, just like, continues on what happened with, you know, the, 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 the Becky, the backlash, the Becky getting over thing in like WrestleMania 35. Like, that's just another part. That's just another chapter of all of that. Yep. Yeah. So, um, I can see why she didn't want to come, why she, like, she didn't rush back after, uh, getting, uh, her surgery. Like, she, she did it last time, and it's been nothing but hell for her, uh, online from fans or whatever else, and most of the stuff's not her fault. And so she's like, I'll come back when I'm getting well ready. Uh, but I will say this. If she comes back and wins back to back rumbles, that is not gonna help. They <laughs> take that right fucking now. Yeah, uh, they, so they better we'll not. That would not be wise. That would not be wise. Um, so we'll like, see what they, they better do. do with it. Like she's got to be away from the belt. Like the thing is, I don't. They've know never done the anything. Belt. She has no identity away from the WWE. Any other woman's title in WWE on the main roster. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't think she's no. ever had a. I don't think she's ever had a, t- a pay per view match that didn't involve a title match. She wrestled Trish, but that's like a ah, legends that's right. match. That's right. right. That's like a legends match. So like, I think that's the only one though. I think we've been on. That this. might that be it. One. Like, yeah. Keep in mind, like she's been on the main roster since two thousand, since the summer two thousand fifteen. So it's like incredible. You tell when you me, think about it. You've been on. You mean tell me you've had like thirty something pay per view matches, and only one or two of them work for the title or for a title. That's. Especially what, when we know what that means for the women's divisions in, in, on the main roster. It's like, there is basically like one match on pay-per-view. One. Per brand, obviously. Now that, you know, mm-hmm. there's only one pay-per-view instead of uh, branded pay-per-views. So it's like, that's a chokehold. Like, she's a great wrestler, but like, the way they book, like, that leads to a lot of resentment and backlash, especially when you screw these people up. And they've definitely screwed her up at times. Um, but anyway. Especially when you're when you're just a position of her against Sasha Banks, against Becky Lynch, against now like the NXT people, like Yeah. It's like we're no one's ever cheering for Charlotte in these situations. <laughs> yeah. Like, think about it. She WrestleMania thirty four, she breaks Oscar's undefeated streak. Just so she could get cashed in on after the fucking iconics beat her up, so Carmella could cash in. It's like if it, it so so then she could leave so that Oscar can chase after Carmella. That's stupid. And not <laughs> that's win. Just, that's stupid. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. So um. I guess we can move on. Uh, I guess it's time to get to the Wednesday wrestling. So, uh, Rich, uh, do you have Dynamite notes up to talk about Dynamite? Um, yeah. I, so I guess we're going to do uh, Triple Mania later. So, um, AEW Dynamite. So, 
this was a good show. I I think it wasn't a, um, it wasn't a great show. It wasn't a very good show. I think I'm trying I think to remember. That, it was like I think the opener. Okay, so the wrestling on this show for standard AEW Dynamite was below par. It had one kick-ass match, um, and the rest of it was kind of just there. But there was so much new and interesting uh, direction points and promos that it was still a good show. Maybe even a Eh, I would say it's still definitely a good show. So, like, you know, um, if you're just a person that's there for the in-ring action, I can see being disappointed in this thing, but, like, it it, it led to the, the Kenny stuff. It led to, um, I'm, we have to go through the show. We'll talk about yeah, it. I'm blanking yeah. on something. Because there, there was so I, much of the Shaq stuff where, where, where Shaq gets wet up. So, brand new meme. Yeah. Yeah, there was there was plenty of stuff. Sting, Sting, uh, big time and Cody, which I loved. Like, it was, yep, <laughs> it um, was good. But of course, we opened the show with uh, a hot Young Bucks opener. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> just Young Bucks hybrid to uh, a good old traditional spot fest, and that. That's just what it is. I, I hope, uh, Jim Ross, you know, uh, he was in the news for making dumb comments again, burying the wrestlers about doing dives and all this dumb shit. What did he say? I, I didn't hear it. Elaborate. If you can. Shit. Um, like it was basically like y'all standing outside the ring, uh, you know, doing these dives onto like piles of people and basically just more old man yelling at the cloud shit. And I'm like, you're in the wrong company. Apparently he did this on a podcast. And then there were like AW wrestlers sniping back at him on Twitter saying, this is exactly where we're going to do in this match or whatever. And then FTR was looking boots. Uh, of course, as FTR does. Um, so th- in this match, we've got the Bucks against Angelico and Evans. And it was a non-title match. If Angelico and Evans got the win, they would then get a title shot. Instead of like the champions losing the non-title match, the champions win, throw you off, and uh, continue like this hot streak the Bucks have been on. And this was awesome. Um, this was just like uh, there was a part where I thought the you know the Yave was gonna make Matt Jackson submit, but it did not. Um, there was there was tons of dives. Tons of moves, just just more than you can keep keep up with. The highlight being the um, the indie taker to the outside of the ring, which I lost my mind uh, when Nick jumped off that bitch. And then they gave them the beach the BTE trigger for the win. Um, yeah, I, I love this. Yeah, um, Jack Evans did something crazy um, that I can't remember because it was, I've watched so much wrestling and it was the opener on Wednesday. Um, but yeah, uh, great or not, uh, kick-ass match. I'm not even gonna go to great or whatever else. I saw you gave it four and a half and I was like, yikes, but, um, I'm not going there with you, but it was a fun-ass match. This match I definitely recommend anyone to watch. Um, but they did a lot of shit and I don't know if, and I can't remember any, almost any of it. Not to necessarily say that's a bad thing, but like, they had a lot of shit and like, it felt like a sugar rush. It was a fun yeah. match. Real just, fun match. Just amazing. Just, just, just mind blowing effort here. Like, didn't their sleep? They didn't even seem like, like, Bucks, like, they're doing that thing where it's like, all right, they made this shit look easy, but it ain't. Like, <laughs> so. 
uh, after that, um, basically the acclaim tried to jump in because they caught, uh, they got shoved during this match. Uh, they tried to attack the Bucks after, but SCU ran out to break it up. After that, we got MJF cutting a promo on, uh, Orange Cassidy, calling him an embarrassment, so he's gonna bash his brains in. After that, we got a Darby Allen, uh, video. I really like this video. Um, some of the videos hadn't been landing with me of late, but this one got me hyped up. Um, he basically was taking a Rorschach test i believe that's what it's called rorschach and, yeah yeah and then there were all the ink blots basically he was like yeah i see ricky starks i see cage and that that's a puppet or whatever yes. but this man has beat me or whatever and they showed all the you know uh time, the times he lost to him and basically it was like you know i want him and then he showed another ink blot and it was sting and then darby started laughing I was hope like I was hope thinking like if there was a, someone to do a parody version of this particular um, vignette, then like given how cold and calm and um, low tone like Darby talks when he you know he, he almost sounds like a damn vigilante superhero. Not to say vigilante like Sting in WWE, but like he sa- he sounds like he's out for justice. But <laughs> but anyway. Um, the way he sounds so cold, like I was, I was thinking, like if there was gonna be a comedy version of it, like there'd be a one version of somebody. Let's say I don't know, because it's Angelico. Let's say it's Angelico ink block him. He'd be like, that. It asks like, what do you see here? I see a douche. <laughs> wow. <laughs> or Yave. Like Yave. Oh my god. <laughs> but but yeah, like it, it was a. I like I. I think, I think except for like one or two of these things, I've liked all the Darby Vingas. It's just something different to the table and like it shows a lot of creativity. Like I, I tell you for one, for it beats the shit out of himself. So. Right. It beats the shit out of whatever they have Bray Wyatt do. I've. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people um, talk about the art, the, the artistic genius that is, uh, Bray Wyatt is like, compare that Darby who's a mid Carter. I, 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 nah. Yeah, Sorry. Um, so. Cody then came out, hit all of his pyro and his big entrance and, uh, you know, waving his meat around essentially, what? you know, in, in, <laughs> in figurative me? form, you know, he uh, got Arn Anderson out there with him and, you know, I say, uh, I do, I do not recall seeing that. I would have turned the channel off. <laughs> so, um, not PG. uh, Tony Schiavone asked Cody, like what was going on? And then the lights went out, take a shot. <laughs> and Sting came out, and then Sting came in, had the snow, and Arn left right away, and Shivani tried to leave, but Sting was like, where are you going, Tony, essentially? Flashed that, that big smile, the Stinger charisma, and, you know, he said, he talked about Shivani calling his matches, and he wanted Shivani to, to do a It Sting, and Shivani did one, and I loved it, and... Uh, Cody said that he was been waiting to share uh, the ring with him for a long time. Sting then looks at Cody and was like, "I'm not here for you. Like, like, what did you like? What are you thinking, guy?" Uh, and he said, "You know, something about this place felt familiar." And he's talking about being on TNT. He said, "I'm looking up there." And then Darby Allen, they hand the camera. Darby sitting there, and he said, "Things have come full circle, and I'm here once again." He said, "You know, the one thing about Sting." You know, I'm going to be here for a long time and I'll see you around. But the one thing about Sting is for sure is nothing's for sure like normal. And he came off like a total superstar here. And 
Cody just got left holding the bag. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did he even shake his hand? I think, he, yeah. He, I think he, he gave him a hug. Okay. Yeah. So, um, he's, he said that he always wanted a match and he's like, yeah, I'm not here for you. Or at least not yet. And then he walked away from him and like Cody looks like, it's like, uh, we're getting closer and closer to the hill turn. Yep. Like, Can you feel it? Like your heel turn is going to be because your hero slighted you, like your childhood hero slighted you. It's like, oh god, more more daddy issues for Cody to work through. <laughs> um, so so we don't know what what Sting's going to be doing, but maybe he's affiliated yeah. with Darby somehow. So yeah. chances are he's probably going to be watching Darby's back as he goes into his war with Team Taz. If I had to guess, yeah. Um. When the when the snow fell, um, when Sting came out, like at first I thought, like, oh yeah, that's cool because Sting, um, th- that was his entrance last week. And now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, nah, that's like the ice that is following like Cody's career in the last year since he lost that fucking match with a step. <laughs> that boy's ice. That boy's getting colder and colder as it goes. Uh, um, all right, we can move on. So after that, we had Team Taz backstage. Taz was back there with the whole Team Taz. All those guys were standing at the camera looking tough, including Hook. You know, um, Taz's son, probably appropriately named from Red Hook, New York. Um, and he basically left uh, Cody's tutelage and he joined Team Taz. And, you know, Ricky Starr's got to do a little talking and, you know, Taz mocks Sting. Just more Team Taz, uh, you know douchery so hook looks like you know he's just like a little badass like like he's gonna come out there and uh, hopefully he's good so we'll see they mentioned now hook is now actually not getting no longer being trained at the the dojo for codyism and now he's being trained at the team taz dojo is like wherever that is yeah wherever that is like if brian cage and uh, <laughs> oh my god, I'm blanking his name. Not 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 um powerhouse Hobbs, but uh, Ricky, Starks. Ricky Starks. Yeah, if Starks and Cage were actually like doing a wrestling uh school, like I'm sure they would get lots of clients. But yeah. <laughs> so after that, we got uh FTR against the Varsity Blondes, Griff Garrison, and Brian Pillman Jr. Um, I like this match. This is FTR's first match since Full Gear. Um, they were beating the shit out of uh, Brian Pillman in this. Griff Garrison had some good fire in this match. I thought FGR was sharp, um, unlike some other times they've been around. But this was like reminded me of what you would probably see like in a classic tag team match with like the Brainbusters fighting a young tag team, and they got them the fuck out of here eventually. Okay, yeah. Um, I have. To, I don't know. Like it. The match didn't get me the away from my phone. Um, I was going to go back and watch it, but I didn't get the time to. Um, but it it looked okay, like technically, just nothing necessarily intrigued me. I think mostly that's probably because I don't like Griff Garrison and Brian Pimmer Jr. Like I don't really care. Like last time I saw Griff Garrison, like he got his ass whooped by MJF. Indeed. Um, after that, uh, FCR exchanged some words with uh, Jurassic Express. They caught Hangman Page hanging out by the bar, and Alex Marvez rolled up on him and said, you're scheduled for a six-man match next week against Matt Hardy and Private Party. 
and but you don't have any tag partners listed because you know the hangman doesn't have any friends because he fucked them all um <laughs> so uh top baby then, shit then you know uh john silver and alex reynolds pop up wearing the cowboy hats out of nowhere behind the bar said they've been hanging out there for a week waiting uh, for the right moment. And then, uh, Pay said, there, you guys aren't my partners, but then Reynolds asked, uh, if not us, then who? And that, that was enough for Hangman, apparently, you know, so these guys convincing, doing their jobs. So we got John Silver and Reynolds teaming up with Hangman next week. I think this is going to be fun. I do too. Um, hopefully they don't get too goofy with the comedy, but, um, it should be a fun match. So we got um Dustin Rose against Ten. This is a short match, not really much to it. Ten um started getting into it with Aaron Solo for whatever reason on the outside. Um but yeah, that was it was a real quick match for Dustin to get a win because it seems like there's some Dustin Dark Order uh play. They took the gas off of Dustin, I think, uh like earlier in the year. I think they were doing too much with Dustin, and now I think they've arrived back at a place where they may be doing too little with Dustin. So it's good to see him get something because, like, I I, I find myself at times, like, cause I came on here on this show earlier this year and buried him where I, I thought he was doing too much when they were had him bleeding all over the place with Lance Archer and, and everything else. But then I'm like, well, I don't want to see him completely, like, off TV. So I think this is okay. Um, Dark Order came out and Evil Uno was said, uh, you know, we didn't come to fight and he talked about Dustin's legacy and, but he said, you're the third most important Rose in this company. And I was like, how fucking dare you, Evil Uno? Um, then he offered Dustin his place as seven. For those of you that know, that immediately popped me. I was dying I, laughing. I howled. I was like, what? <laughs> You you want to give him you want to give him seven so you be the child diddler again? Wow, yeah. So seven was his. I think he only appeared like twice in WCW under that name. Got to remember he had the vignette where he's basically outside some um, some kid's window and he's yep. talking about like alluding to. It, it's supposed to be one thing, but you can easily take it to mean like he's a, he's a pedophile. And then like they pulled the, I guess standards and practices or W or Turner itself, like pulled the plug on it. So they retconned it by having him come out with the entrance. And then he showed up and they, and they Russoed it to where it's like, I was given this gimmick to be something stupid, but I'm not going to do it. I'm shooting on what I was told to do, blah, 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 and Russoism and all that. And they went and they, they killed it from there immediately. Um, I think it was for the best. Yeah. Uh, so, (laughs) but I forgot how, how did this segment end? So the funniest shit, uh, Dustin acted like he was going to do the Dark Order pose, but he lifted the hand and then just slapped Evil Uno across the face. That shit was hilarious. I need a gif of that, by the way. Um, and the rest of the Dark Order wanted to fight, but Uno was like, oh, go ahead, chill. Eventually, Dustin's going to come to us begging. So um, for him to say that, maybe something's in play. So after that. Well, well one quick thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of with you on Dustin. I think Dustin's best role is when 
they let him cut a promo like the week before his mat, whatever match is going to do. That's on like a short build where he mm-hmm. like spurred a moment. He cuts his fiery promo backstage for just like two minutes long or 90 seconds long or 60 seconds long and gets you ready for whatever match. And then he has a match and it's fun. And he goes away. Like if that's his role, like that could be his role where he does it like two times, you know, or two times every like seven, eight weeks. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing, um, and I, I, I think he'd be best suited right now at this point in his career to just be like he only works on these quick, quickie little things like on TV and not even have, be concerned for trying to get on pay per view because he's he's, mm-hmm. he's a player coach at this point. Yeah, and you can clearly see putting him in there with ten like <laughs> what that is designed to do. So right um, after that, we got the the Shaq interview. So Shaq and Brandy Rhodes. Uh, sat down with Shivani. Brandy had the uh, arm in the sling. Shaq said he respected Jade Cargill, but uh, he didn't appreciate what she did to Brandy's arm. He said he's known Jade for years, and I'm like, "What you mean you've known Jade for years, Mister Forty Eight Year Old? She has a background in basketball. Maybe went to a Shaq camp. I don't know. I know oh, there wasn't. I know there has been a Shaq camp in in, in years. Yeah. I understand that. I'm talking about the wrestling storyline of what you're supposed yeah. to allude to it. I I don't think that he was alluding to he was messing with her. I don't think that. I don't think that was the plan. Yeah. Um. So she said she was excited to to see them get into it though. Uh. He said he was just joking with Cody on Twitter. You know how I do. Ha ha. I'm Shaq. Essentially, uh, but Shaq said that Brandy should watch Jay while she's injured and learn a few things. Brandy did not like this. Uh, grabbed a half a glass of water and gave us a a gift for all time. As she she just threw the water all over Shaq. Shaq was just shocked by this, and that man got wet on national television. <laughs> Who knew? It was funny. It was very funny to me. Um. So after that, we got the oh, inner circle ultimatum. Oh, oh, real quick, real quick. So Brandy yeah. announced that Jade Carger, uh, Jade actually did break her arm with the pulmonization. We had, and that's been what about a three weeks ago or something like that. Cody has has had no concern about it. Dustin has had no concern about it. Arn has had no concern about it. Uh, everybody else in the in the nightmare family has had no concern about it. It's like, well, damn, like what the fuck? <laughs> Cody, Cody didn't give us no updates or nothing. She was off TV, whatever. It's like, this is now, this is now becoming Sting a is here now. So, so Cody has shifted his focus. Uh, I, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> so, uh, after that, we had the inner circle ultimatum. This was awesome. Um, Everybody minus Santana. Santana's stepfather passed away. Uh, he was not there. He said this could be the last. Uh, Jericho said this could be the last time the inner circle was all together. He's tired of everyone acting like petulant punks. Um, he's talked about how Jake Hager didn't like Wardlow. Sammy didn't like MJF and said Santana, you know, was so upset he didn't come to work. MJF said, you know, he thinks he might be the issue because, you know, people think that MJF either wants to break up or take over the inner circle. Full gaslighting here. Um, he said he started, and after that, he started to, uh, 
patronize uh, Sam Guevara, but Sam Guevara was like, nah, man, I ain't having this shit. This is bullshit. This man's talking. And Jericho po- astutely pointed out, like, hey, man, we've already established that we watched this fucking show. Uh, <laughs> and, like, you would never hear this anywhere else. He said, we saw what happened. You was out here with, with the towel trying to fuck me, and I know exactly what you were doing, guy. Uh, I got really interested at this point. Um, then Ortiz spoke, and he did a great job. He he called MJF and Warlow assets uh, as talents, but not as human beings. He said MJF is growing on him, and he asked Sammy Guevara to shake uh, MJF's hands because be- together they're they're better. And he said, Warlow, I love you. Never change. <laughs> and he said, uh, you know, shake his hand because you're the better man, Sammy, and you know it. And MJF did not like that shit at all. Uh, Sammy then basically told Jericho that he trusts him, uh, with everything. So he's going to shake MJF's hand. But if one more thing happens, he will quit the inner circle and they shook on it. Um, I don't know, man. I don't feel like the inner circle is some group. You could just quit without them like fighting you. So, uh, after that, uh, the, they, they, everything seemed all good. Hey, and then do, don't do this. Don't do this with these groups about like these factions. You can't leave. Like we, we've seen Cody. <laughs> don't do that. We just did this where like we have Caleb trying to tell us that Hangman had no choice but to do, but to sabotage the, uh, sabotage, uh, the elite so he can get out. Even though like he was, he said he's been out the elite for like months before then. It, it, it kept coming back without anyone ever asking him to come back. When I had lemon booty, he knew he had to fight the Bucks again. <laughs> right. So Sucker. after that, we, we thought we, <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I don't, I won't unless until that man does. Remember the uh, the Dan Gilbert letter to LeBron when LeBron left Cleveland. Yes. Look, um, until this man does right by the young Bucks, they will uh, curse <laughs> upon the House of Hangman Page. I don't give a damn what he does until he makes sure I do the fucking them. I don't give a damn what he does. He he can be a baby all he wants to. I'm never gonna cheer for him. I, I like his matches, and all that. Nah, man. This is this is this is a flawed ass superhero character, whatever you want to call him. Nah, man. He's an asshole. Heroes ain't supposed to be perfect, though. You're right, but they're not supposed to be assholes either. Yeah. Um. So we thought it was all finished, but then Jake Hager grabbed him. I was like, "Hold on, bro." Why does he keep staring at me and bro, I fucking howled. What? <laughs> and then Warlock grabbed my like, hold on. Why the fuck does he keep staring at me? Right. He's been staring at me since I showed up in this motherfucker. Like, right. And, um, they, they both, you know, got, got charged up and, uh, they, Jericho was like, hey, man, no more staring. But these two, like, kind of take their eyes off each other, but they're still clearly looking at each other. So, I think people going to want to see it. Well, they going to want to see the big bulls fight eventually until, you know, I remember, remember Warlow was not in WWE. I, I still have my reservations. I still have my reservations. Um, we'll see. We'll see what they do. We'll see what they so, do whenever it so comes. Jericho's about to close it out, but MJF interrupted him to try to like put himself over again. It was like, Jericho's like, Hey man, Kill that shit. Don't do that. Like, <laughs> and then, you know, they all pose with their middle fingers. So, uh, the inner circle sur- story continues. Lots of face turns could, could be coming out of this. Uh, wherever they go with it, take us on the ride. So after that, um, we got 
the next match, uh, or excuse me, we got an FTR interview with uh, Marvez. I have nothing on this. Like they just started talking a bunch of like stuff about NASCAR drivers and uh, making a metaphor and whatever, but <laughs> fear to revelation. Um, after that, we got Eddie Kingston and the butcher and the blade against Lance Archer, Pentagon and Ray Phoenix. So um, Pentagon's injured. Like he's a, has a shoot injury and this kind of came into play at triple mania uh, upon reflection. They basically took him out to match, threw him through the table lightly. He got to land and then walked him to the back and it was two on three. It's Phoenix and um and Archer. So Archer back in the tag team role uh against Butcher and the Blade and Eddie Kingston. This was pretty good too. Um Eddie King I think they uh they did like a the Butcher and the Blade did a tag team move on Phoenix and got the win here. Uh Jake Roberts was cheering for Ray Phoenix openly in this match, and I was like, This is why I love this company because I'm like, where else are we gonna see some shit like that? Like, what is Jake the Snake Roberts doing like Kind of like seconding Ray Phoenix. That's just like hilarious to me. Like, <laughs> okay, so for me, um, basically the whole setup is all three of them hate Eddie Kingston, so they're just teaming up. That's the logic behind it, right? Yeah. Okay. Because I remember when you sent me that, and I was like, wait, what? And I was like, uh, that has got to be the, like, they, they teamed up. Because obviously he made the save last week on the show when he came out, or two weeks ago when he came out. But, yeah. uh, is, is there a situation where Pac, is there a reason why Pac wasn't there? Uh, I think Pac just went home. Again? Like, for the holidays or whatever. Uh, alright. So, uh, like, he came, I think he did, like, what do you do? Two shows? Three shows? Two shows. He did three shows. Three? Oh, okay. He showed up and then wrestled next week. Gotcha. Okay. So, yeah, he probably, like, went back. So, um, yeah, but just uh, they ended up hitting the um, double t- the powerbomb netbreaker combo on Phoenix and pinning him. And Eddie Kingston, Butcher, and the Blade get the dub. You know, shout out to Big Bush. It was his birthday yesterday. And Eddie Kingston, same day. So from there, um, Nyla Rose uh, and Jay Cargill were backstage, um, and they were um, they were beating down Nyla. Excuse me, they were <laughs> Nyla Rose and Jay Cargill were beating down Big Swole, I believe. No, they were beating up Red Velvet, and, and to send a message to Brandy. You didn't just do what I think you just did. No, because Big Swole broke up the fight. No, no, no. You didn't just do. You did. You didn't. There wasn't a case of mistaken identity just now. <laughs> no, because like the <laughs> notes are like because I uh because I remember it being Red Velvet and then like yeah Serena Deeb came out, Swole came out. There may have been another baby face if I'm uh, maybe mistaken, but I remember Serena Deeb was like I that looks like a jacket that I, that Serena Deeb would not actually really wear, but okay. So, like, it was Big Swole and Serena broke it up, and then Ivelisse and Diamante got involved. Right. And that's how we got the tag match. Yeah, yeah. Look, lots of names for me to remember. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, after that, uh, and that is going to lead to a tag match next week, we got Abaddon against Tessa Price. It was short. It was... It was not sweet. (laughs) 
<laughs> it was not sweet. One it, sweet. It was less than a minute. Thank you. The shorter, the better. Uh, it, my only wish is that it could have been shorter. So it wasn't awful, but it was never good at any point. Did you see those Abaddon punches? Um, I saw to the good. Um, I remember a slam at one point, but that's about all I remember. So uh, she did the gory special net breaker for the for the win. After that, uh, Abaddon continued the assault until Carl Shida came out uh, with a kendo stick. Carl Shida smacked Abaddon over the head, and she fell immediately. Everybody knew she was going to sit up like the Undertaker, and mm-hmm. she did. Mm-hmm. And then Shida and uh, Tessa Price bounced after that. After that, Dasha interviewed the Inner Circle. Jericho said everybody's on the same page and announced that the group's going to join MJF and Warlow uh, ringside during the main event, and he guaranteed that MJF will win. So, of course, War, uh, Inner Circle rolling in Wu-Tang-like numbers to the main event. <laughs> After that, it then was, was money time as Kenny Omega and Don Callis arrived via the chopper on you boys. So I guess this is a good point to talk about uh, the Impact interview. So yeah. the day before this, uh, the main event of Impact, uh, Kenny Omega and Don Callis are in a bus getting interviewed by Josh Matthews. This is like one of the all time, one of the best interview segments I've ever seen. Don Callis, God tier. Um, Kenny was great. Um, they basically just like run down this, this long-term plan that they've been cooking up. And then they talked about, you know, the nepotism and how everybody else sucked at it. They just did this shit better. And he waited and, um, he basically said, I got a hall of famer in his prime. Uh, that's the champion. Yeah. And then Kenny talked about y'all wanted this. Y'all want, like y'all wanted me to be the champion. And it was, it was amazing. Uh, Callis was like, going like a hundred miles a minute, no pauses, just flawless execution. Go out of your way to see this. Uh, what do you think about the, the impact segment? Um, I thought it was great. I don't think it was all time television or whatever, but it was great. Um, I, when you, once you get to the, um, the dynamite part, like it's almost like, or, 90% of what um, Callis said was the Impact interview on AEW. It was like 90% of it, 80% of it, something like that. Uh, so it's like, eh, that kind of stunk. I thought the thing that was interesting to me was when watching the Impact thing was I thought that Callis was so much better than Kenny. And then on Dynamite, I thought Kenny was so much better than Callis. Hmm. Um, I, I felt like Don Callis was the better one on both nights. Um, I, I thought it was like I think it's because I felt that I felt that way because like Callis basically repeated all the shit he said on on the Tuesday show yeah. where like Kenny which is smart the- because if they didn't because there's going to be plenty of people that right. for whatever reason right. they're not just they're just not going to watch. Don't say for whatever reason. Look, don't say for whatever reason. As if like is if like you're only a fool if you don't watch Impact Wrestling. No, I'm good. <laughs> but, but but like but Kenny had enough. Kenny's two promos were different, so it was like to me, it's like all right, like I thought Kenny was better the second time around uh, than the first time, um, but yeah, but both times, yeah. but both nights of promo wise were both great. Like Ray reviews, um, like I said, if you hadn't seen that one, like the one on Impact's like a longer form version of what they did here. Uh, it's funnier too. Here, 
Yeah, it, it just just knee slapping laughter, like the best matches in, in Mexico, in, in America, in in Japan, in Zimbabwe. <laughs> I you was, know, <laughs> I, I thought the, the funniest line for me was the <laughs> was when he's talking about Josh Matthews. You're you're a you're a WWE yes. crony. Yeah, I know you. I know I know you're an Ambrose. I know you, I know you're a Moxie guy. I remember I know you season season one or two of Tough Enough or Tough whatever enough. the fuck it or NXT or whatever else and called him in Ambrose. I was like, wow, this this is. Josh Matthews. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Josh yes. Matthews. When's the last time you think Josh Matthews talked to Mosley? How long? How many years do you think it's been? <laughs> years and years. If I had to guess, um, but yeah, it was like it was like the debut of, of this establishing this act. This was like the, the call to arms, I'd say, uh, in the bus, letting everybody know what it was going to be. Kenny was going to go ahead and, and collect these belts around the world. He's already got the most important one in the AEW title, and then he's about to just rack them up. It seems like, and they they seem like they tease like a Rich Swan match, um, possibly, so he can go ahead and pick up the Impact belt, take it with him. And this man really about to act like Ric Flair. I love it. <laughs> so I didn't pick up any Ric Flair vibes. I mean, do you mean like Flair and Heenan? You could say that, or like okay. you know, a lot of people are, are saying like Nick Bockwinkel and, and, and yeah. Heenan. Also, uh, yeah, it it makes all the sense I mean, in the world. I can see that, but Kenny got to start dressing more consistently if he's gonna do that. Like, like he got to go back to that suit he wore when when uh, Moxley whooped his ass a couple weeks ago. If he's gonna be out here being Botwinkle, like, um, you know, Jericho did this in um or did a Botwinkle thing back at about twelve years ago. But um, yeah, it's 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 a very good thing. Um, I am concerned about between the. Well, have you gotten to the AEW promo, or you want to get to the AEW promo? The meat of that. Uh, I'll get to that the now, meat of so. that possible. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so so the Kenny came out, um, and they added even more broom girls. Uh, I don't know if you saw my message earlier, but I've discovered women on Twitter have started uh, giving themselves this Twitter name Omega Broom Girl, and then putting numbers like which number they are or whatever, <laughs> which is fucking hilarious. Um, <laughs> Uh, Shivani was in the ring. He said he's never been more disgusted than what he saw in last week's Dynamite, which is fucking cap. Hulk Hogan spinning in the camera, spray painting the belt. (laughs) Um, I have a video right now on my phone of Scott Steiner with a lead pipe backstage beating the shit out of a toy duck while Tony Shivani is yelling, Yeah! So I don't want to, I, so you can stop the bullshit right now, Tony Shivani. You stop this bullshit right now. Goddamn you know, lies. So, so Callis said everyone seems to be upset, including Tony Khan. Uh, he told Tony Khan, welcome to the wrestling business. Like this man Callis is vaulting himself in the, the finesse of the year category is just like off of two moves. It seems like, um, Callis said this took, this scheme took years of planning and he basically cut the same promo he did on Impact, uh, talking about, uh, Omega in the Tokyo Dome with Jericho, that being the catalyst for AEW. They said they essentially created this shit and this belt is ours and he threw it to Kenny. Kenny said he didn't beg, uh, Tony Khan to hire his friends and family, unlike some of the other EVPs, uh, but the plan was still a success. He then called, uh, my, his match with Mosley a seven star classic. He called it fine art and said that everyone, uh, watching fell for it. 
said that John Mox is the real deal, but you know, he doesn't have like my cunning. He said, I might have hit you with the mic, but I didn't beat you with that. I beat you with the one wing angel. The one wing angel is like, you can't, no one kicks out of that shit. And you didn't either. Uh, I won the match, not the mic. So he was going to make the big announcement. And then Callis took the mic and was like, nah, man, people ain't ready for this shit. And Kenny was like, nah, man, we, he's like, ah. Him and Kenny just don't make money. They make history. They talk about making history twice or changing history twice. And then Kenny brought it back. Goodbye and good night. Bang. Yeah. Um, yeah, he made some big deal about him saying his sign off. It was like, I don't. If there's something I'm missing here, what am I missing? He hadn't done it essentially like for a very long time. Okay. Um,. I think that mostly is a product of him being, you know, having to handhold uh, Paige for a year. But, okay. Um, yeah, so I like Kenny's second promo compared on for AEW compared to the Impact one. Because on the Impact one, he was trying to, he's trying to give me, give me this bullshit ass thing about a gentleman's, uh, a gentleman's code for a wrestling match. And he crossed it once he touched his family. And I'm like, this hey. And I was like, that's fucking stupid. And then, like, the very next day, or not the very next day, because obviously we paid no more. Uh, it was taped. Got to protect your pre-taped. family. You know? He shows up on the AEW and he's just like, yeah, I cheated. And I'm like, thank you. I don't want to hear this bullshit. Just admit that you fucking cheated. We can move on. <laughs> what, what is what is this lame ass excuse you're giving? He's like, yeah, I cheated. I don't care. And I'm like, thank you. That's that's what you want. Like, I don't want this. Like, oh, well, you Bro, know, you kind this of nigga, uh, bad this nigga was, I, I forgot to say this nigga was utterly detestable in the in this uh in the in the, in the AEW promo. I could just feel the people that he made upset getting upset. Yeah. Like, I, like I could feel it on my skin just tingling. I, I can I can absorb their energy. Like, so. So he when he said the line, when he said the line about like uh, I gave you a seminar class, I was like, okay, this could go t- one of two ways: either he's just talking shit and he's going to tell you to have his matches, or like the heat for the future will be he has these matches that leave you underwhelmed, and then he'll come as he comes out victorious, he'll come back and say, eight star match, nine star match, ten star match for heat. And I'm just like, please, dude, I just. Can I see the best bout machine look, be the best bout machine look, without like? Do you think that would be more monster? effective, or do you think it would be effective as it's always been, how it's always been a shoot? Wait, like, it, it, like, do you think people would be more upset if it would happen the way you said it, or do you think they would be more upset than they already are? Like it being a shoot, and they already don't know how to act, James. Well, I think it has a shelf life. Like, and I don't necessarily think Kenny Omega should be like a three month champion or whatever. Like, so if he goes about that route, I think people will get tired after like the second pay per view match. So that's why I don't necessarily want that to happen. And also, I, like, I think it's more effective as a shoot the way it is. I, I'm, I'm misunderstanding what you mean by saying it's a shoot. Okay, because, like, he already is critically acclaimed and all that. And, you know, he basically flexes these accomplishments already, right? Yeah, I mean it's a shoot or whatever. Like the the, the acclaim, like you you can pull up the cage match ratings year after year after yeah. year, and sure. it's high. And people already don't know how to act. So like, will it even be more effective if he caps about it? I don't think it will. 
Um, I don't think it'd be more effective. I just say people like now that he has all these people here, like he's you know he they built built all this. They shot this angle. This is week one after it. Like I don't think you grow the company by having a heel like by having this work rate storytelling show devolve into uh, fuck finishes and <laughs> your main event. Like I don't think I don't think that's going to grow the company. So I don't. So I really, for the sake of the company and for the sake of like my enjoyment of Kitty Omega, I would not like that to happen. Like Kitty Omega is. Uh, in AEW, like, one of the bright spots where, like, you put him anywhere in, in pretty much any position and, like, he's going to have about as good a match as you can given the circumstance. Um, and, like, once that stops happening, like, for me, it's going to become less enjoyable. Because mm-hmm. he's one of the most enjoyable things in the, on, in, on the promotion. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's enough that I have to suffer through the, some of the Cody stuff from week to week. Like, now it's like, you're going to take, now you're going to do this, now, like, my, we don't know when we're getting Mossy back. Pac is, you know, Pac is about to take MLK week off. <laughs> MLK, he, he, he taking off, he's taking every holiday he can fucking get. You know, Pentagon and Phoenix get hurt every other master in. It's like, damn, man, like, I just want to watch people kick each other's ass. That's all I want to really want to see. I want to people talk shit and kick each other's ass. Like, Kenny's going to do all the, all the talking shit apparently now that he wasn't doing before, but like, I just want once we get to the moment where it's time to have the match. Can I get the match, please? That's all I'm asking. I'll like, can I get some? Can I get some Pedigroso and some Brutal Peligro? That's all. That's all I'm asking for. Just a little bit of danger. Just a little bit of danger. So, that's it. Just, that's it. I'm, just a little bit. I'm very encouraged from like the everything I've seen since he won the belt because it feels like these are ideas that have been cooking. Like as I mentioned before, he's so fresh right now. Um, uh, in in a way that not too many other people in, in on the show are right now. So like, like, as you mentioned, Cody, like, bro, the man blew through a lot that first, like, uh, what, what would we say? Like 18 months to other promotion. Like he blew through a lot of angles, a lot of bleeding, a lot of like these struggle ace matches, as I called them. Or, like, it's just like, like, no, nah, man, like, guys. like the only, like there's, he's in a weird slot. Like he's in a utility slot now already. And that's to say it's the worst thing in the world because Kenny just got done doing it and like Jericho is kind of doing it right now. So it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's like they blew through all of that stuff. They blew and they blew through it so fast that like you couldn't get a you couldn't get an ace run or top eight face run out of Cody. You basically got like the 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 hottest baby face or the best television baby face work we had seen in a while. And like it went from pretty much not, and now he's like he can't win the title. It, it seems like we're just we're just marking the days down until he eventually turns heel, and it's like okay, like we, all right. I mean, he's good at it, and he's probably better situated to be a heel. Uh, in most matches, that most matches I like are him as a heel, but it's like he was so like you think of what he was at the end of 2019 to where he is now, and it's like, uh. but yeah, um, as far as Kenny. Yeah, he uh, he's fresh. Um, I just hope he doesn't do anything to wear out the welcome on top because, like, you know how it is. It's like it's easy to um, once if you get too good at being a heel. <laughs> oh, that's what's work, gonna happen. If you he's gonna turn back face again. No, no, not that. 
I'm not saying that. Oh. If you get too good at being a heel, um, and then you start doing some of that stuff where you're not giving us the match that we want or what or that people come to expect out of Kenny Omega, then it's, then it might turn into resentment. Mm. At the top of the card, and I, like I in. If you could, you could do, and for me, it's like simple, easy way to avoid that. Do everything you're doing, just have the match, or the matches when they come. Like you have the kick-ass matches still, it can, it can go, it can go for a long time. But I can see people being like, "Oh wow, they, you know, it's it was some lesser damn thing or whatever else." Even though like the, the TV work, given what they've done so far, has like been great. It's like for me, um. It's a weird thing. They have to they have to have some care with this, and I, I trust them to have care with it. Um, but like they laid it on thick with that seven star thing, and they had my antenna raised up because like you know I've been abused by previous promotions I've watched. <laughs> so my my antennas like no matter how good AEW ever treats me, I'm always gonna have my antennas up for when I be like, oh no, like this this, this could be some bullshit on deck. I'm just I'm just I'm always braced. I'm always braced for it. Um, I'm. Enjoying Don Callis, everything Don Callis usually is involved in yeah. is lit. So like, there's a lot of I feel like there's a lot of brains in the room between Callis and Kenny and and Tony Khan and uh, anybody else with an idea like behind this. So I'm very excited. <laughs> um, so next week we got Cody Rhodes and Angelico. Uh, they're probably gonna do some some grappling. Um, <laughs> So, so what? What's Cody's thing going to be? Is it going to be like I want to get him to lock up? It's like, but the Yave don't teach you how to lock up. Yeah, apparently, you know, he he wants him to try the Yave, and he's going to show him the 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 amateur wrestling, you know, that that he always talks about. He'll be like, so. no Yave, this is America, damn it! Right, this is a jingoism match. Like, <laughs> um, so we got Paige Silver and Reynolds against uh, Matt Hardy and Private Party. Got SCU versus the acclaimed, uh, Serena Deeb and Big Swole against Ivelisse and Diamante. And just announced, I don't know if you know about it, uh, they caught Kenny Omega at the airport as he was headed to Mexico. He cut a three minute promo, was phenomenal. And he basically said, there's like, um, there's a glitch on basically, like, you know, there's a, a hang up on my record, you know, I'm the champion, you know, I didn't get to face Joey Janela. You know, because Janela was supposed to face me, you know, and I really want to solve this as a champion. So I'm going to let him run it, and, you know, however he wants to. If he wants to bring Sonny Kiss or whatever, do whatever you want. Use whatever weapon you want. Um, and it's going to be uh, Kenny Omega versus Joey Janela. If Joey wins, uh, he gets a title shot, I believe. So no DQ. So... This this is gonna be a hell of a way to kick it off uh, yeah. on Dynamite. Um, so they've always had awesome matches together. So. Since that's the case, and he's opening this up for Janela, does that mean like in I don't know New Year's we're probably gonna get him in Phoenix? I, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, I, um, I think he, he like that's like when they put this into play. That's immediately where my mind went because I'm like, this company does things that make sense. So if they did this one, <laughs> how right. about they do that one too? Right. So the one that uh, more people want to see than fucking Janela. Not to say that like, like Janela and Kenny don't have like they they had a banger last year on Dark, but um, I just hope Kenny doesn't fucking kill himself like he did like like he did in that Janela match last year because he almost fucking impaled himself on the the business end of the table. It's like, dude, you're doing this on TV. You're crazy. <laughs> 
<laughs> like Kenny got me worried about him. Like, bro, you gonna kill yourself doing the shit you do, bro. Bro, I, I feel like he's trying to send this message, and like, I don't, I don't know. It, to me, he doesn't have to send a message, but them well, niggas re- is wired. Di- Look, them niggas is wired different. Like, well, I thought about the Janela thing. I thought the Janela thing when I heard about it, and then, um, because I heard about it like uh earlier in the week, and then like I watched the Triple Mania match, and like. He just lands on concrete because Nakazawa just refused to catch him. And I was like, dude, he's. <laughs> this dude's going. This dude's going to wake up out of bed, walking around like T Mac or Steve Nash or some shit, going to have the Larry Bird back brace. Like, that. And he's working this crazy schedule. Like, I just. Like, just. Take it down like two notches, bro. You still can have great matches for taking it out two bro, notches. And he's going to start headlining Impact pay per views, they're saying. He's going to be on Impact next week, also. So, um, is this shoulder still messed up or is it fine now? Uh, he, I believe is, he's avoiding surgery right now. Mm-hmm. Like he's, uh, doing a bunch of physical therapy, cupping treatments, just all the shit you got to do to like that. You hear about athletes going through to get themselves ready to perform. He's doing. That's like asking if Allen Iverson is hurt. Of course he's hurt. Like, <laughs> Another per- another person that I've seen like bruises tailbone landing on the on the fucking f- floor like just, like yeah. relax bro we, yeah. we we'll we'll talk about Nakazawa in a, in a second I guess yeah. or later on in the show uh, so they say now it's uh, the AW Holiday Dynamite Batch after the Bucks Celtics game on December twenty third and then there are two part event New Year's Smash. Uh, Chris Jericho is going to be on commentary on December 30th. And then January 6th, night two, Snoop Dogg will be on commentary somewhere. So, uh, Tony Khan immediately, uh, noticing what the people want, uh, when, <laughs> when Snoop was on commentary for Mike Tyson and Roy Jones and right. getting the book. Right. Did you hear Meltzer review the Wednesday shows? I don't remember. He was like, we'll see if Snoop Dogg's any good at this. I was like, I'm sorry, did you not see this? Did you not? I'm sorry, like maybe, you know, um, boxing commentary is yeah. different than the wrestling commentary. Bro, if was I like, was Tony Khan, you, I would say do exactly what you did, like on my type. We're like, we'll give you some type of hardcore match to call. So it, you, we ain't got to worry about you calling holds or nothing. I, Just like, give, let that man call no a bunkhouse match. Look. If I am Tony Khan or if I am in charge of the commentary, I just say, Tony, Jim, Excalibur, get the fuck out the way. <laughs> Lay out. He'll handle the rest. Don't try to direct him on nothing. Just let him watch it. All thing you you should say is don't cuss. That's it. Yep. That's it. Get out the way. Like because we we that, have, that, that that shit was great. We have been seen, on commentary. We have seen Snoop Dogg talk and be charismatic and charming and hilarious for the past tw- 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need no help. Just get out the way. Yeah. Oh, amazing. So, uh, yeah. And quick with those, it as well. Those should do well. I, I would think that'd be a great night. Like that, that December 30th one, uh, or maybe even the January 6th, I'm going to do Kenny and Phoenix. I, 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 I would circle the calendar if I had to take a guess. So, yeah, um, and whatever, whatever date that is, like, just make sure we can, can, can we get like Hugo Savinovich in? 
why not? You know, brutal. You know, Peligro, Peligro. You know, so um, MJF and Orange Cassidy face off in the main event for the Dynamite Diamond Ring. Uh, MJF back to back. Uh, gets a win here. Uh, I thought this was all right. Um, had a little bit of goofiness because they're setting up the seven on seven match next week. Uh, lots of, uh, stuff with guys outside the ring. But after that, um, they, they did do some, uh, good work with each other. So, uh, this is kind of, you know, a match a lot of people wanted to see quietly. And I think it did pretty well, uh, in the ratings. So, uh, after that, uh, MJF got the win. But Miro basically uh, was the reason he got the win because he ran out after everyone was distracted, took Kip's head off or took uh, Cassidy's head off with a big clothesline uh, and MJF crawled over and got and got the pin. Security came out uh, to try to get Miro out of there, but he beat everyone's ass and he like a fucking monster. Uh, and he was, you know, posing at the end with a great shot that I've used as a meme. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that was dynamite. Lots of, lots of stuff, but, uh, lots of like, stuff, lots, lots of directions. Like, but these are things like, it feels like you can, if you pull on a string with something like there's something behind everything they're doing right now. Yeah. So. I have faith. I have faith behind all of it. It just, I like so much of the talking segments or whatever else. And there was so much of it that like, the wrestling matches were secondary mostly on this show. So if you are a person that is just here to get the three and a half stars and up type thing, there's, there's pretty much one match for you on this show. Um, mm-hmm. but like, I still like this show. Um, it, but it did at certain points. I remember looking, I was like, shit, it's like, it's nine fifteen or nine twenty something. Like, I feel like I've, I feel like they've done like two hours of stuff at this point right here. If we were to stop right now. Like they, they, I mean, cause you know, I think the Shaq thing was like some last minute thing they added on. Um, cause I think it was a tape show or whatever else, but yeah, it was, yeah. it was a packed full they of did, stuff. They did 995,000 and it seemed like the directive between winners coming in this one was like, we're going to have like some of our biggest audiences. So we're going to shoot a bunch of shit <laughs> to, it's right. a, you know, be in front of those folks. Yeah, so NXT, um, NXT opens with a Finn Balor promo. He shows up. He says that, um, the champ is back. He says some people love him, some people hate him, but if you want to know him, uh, then come see him in the ring. So then Pete Dunn comes down. Uh, they stare at each other. Dunn says that, you know, we kind of have similar backgrounds. Uh, so it would only make sense for us to eventually fight for the NXT title. Out comes O'Reilly. O'Reilly points out how <laughs> he, um, how Dunn lost, his team lost, McAfee Goon lost at TakeOver. So I should, so he's basically saying that I won that, that match. I had the deciding fall. I should get the title shot against Balor, especially seeing that I broke his jaw. I put him on the shelf. Like, you, you, you didn't, he's like, be honest. Like, you pinned me, but did you really win the match? And I'm on him like, yeah. That means he won. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, yeah, you broke his jaw. Like, yeah, people get stuff. People get sent to the hospital that still win fights. That, that's kind of how the fight game works. Um, so then out comes Damian Priest, and immediately my thought was, okay, so <laughs> the, ch- so this the is champion- good old. This is the good old. A bunch of niggas come out. Right. It was. It was one of those. But besides that, it was like, okay. 
Champion comes out. This is a, this is a Triple H sets the table for what, for what is going to be the path towards contendership slash the title picture or whatever else, which he's relatively good at. The problem is, like, I feel like he does, he has to do this, like, two times more per year than he, than he, than he has to compared to, like, previous years. So, um, the contenders are the guy that lost his last pay-per-view match. Yes. A, a person, or two guys that lost their last pay-per-view match. Um, and one of the guys is somebody that Finn Balor beat on pay-per-view earlier in the year, um, and Damian Priest. And then, uh, the third guy won the last pay-per-view match, but lost the, his title match, Finn Balor, like in, uh, I think that was October or, yeah, I think it was October. So, mm-hmm. that, so there you go. Mid-October. I th- yeah, mid-October. Like October 18th was, uh, 31. So, there you go. So, um, Balor leaves and says, look, um, I'll take, I, I don't care who, who wins. I'll leave that up to Regal and he walks away. So everybody disperses. So Priest walks, is the first one out to leave and he leaves up the ramp and all of a sudden Scarlett Bordeaux shows up. First time we've seen her since obviously, um, Karrion Cross got injured at TakeOver in Your House in June. Um, yeah, so they go face to face he says to uh, Scarlett Bordeaux, um, I can't remember what exactly what he said, but basically it was like, if you, whenever whenever Cross is ready, I'm ready for him. Let's run it. So Scarlett smiles and she walks off. Um, so then we end up getting, I think we go to commercial break. We come back to. Pete Dunn backstage in the PC and they're about to ask him about takeover. And then all of a sudden Killian Dane shows up furious at that, uh, Pete Dunn about a month ago, murdered him with a car door. Uh, they have a pull apart with geeks breaking it up. And that ends up leading to, um, a match later on tonight between Pete Dunn and Killian Dane. Uh, so then we end up getting Jake Atler versus Swerve. First time so we've we- seen Swerve. So we we still adding Killian Dane on the shit. Yeah. Um. So, but it makes sense. Like, okay, it's a baby face. He got fucking murdered by a top heel. Of course, the baby face is supposed to, you know, come back to get fed, um, or get fed to the the top heel. So, um, like, I'm not look. I'm not, look after last year when Killian Dane was out here beating Matt Riddle before we knew about uh, what we knew about Matt Riddle is like look. Feed Killian Dane every fucking body. <laughs> that shit made like re- re- reverse the curse. So um, we ended up getting Jake Atlas for Swerve. This match went five minutes. I don't know why it went five minutes, but it the work was good. It just went five minutes, and then ultimately at the end, Atlas catches uh, Swerve with a roll up cradle victory roll thing and pinned him. Um, and Swerve doesn't know how to handle it. He's, he's furious. Atlas, because of their history, you know, with dealing with, uh, Legato del Fantasma, wants to handshake. Um, and Swerve doesn't shake his hand and he goes up the ramp and he's shaking mad as he's going up there. So I'm like, oh God, they're going to turn him heel. That's my first, that's know, my first thought. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so, 
from there, one guy that uh, I believe Brian Alvarez says described uh, Swerve as a great fucking baby face. So <laughs> that's what he said. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, we end up getting a, a, a promo from Ciampa. Where he cuts on Cameron Grimes because uh, they're going to have a match. I can't remember the. I can't remember what he said, but it was okay. Um, then we end up getting Grizzled Young Vets versus Imperium. Eitner and Bartel versus Everize. This match is based off last week's thing where Everize gets their ass whooped by Imperium and uh, Grizzly Young Vets and sets up the three way match. Now, Rich, this wasn't this was an actual legitimate three way tag match where there were it wasn't two people in the ring while the, while the third team just twiddles their fucking thumbs on the apron. It was three was members. It a triangle match. Yeah. So all three members get in. Um, Basically, uh, Everize tries to not get in the ring, so uh, the four Grizzle Young Vets and Imperium all get down on the apron, and there's nowhere to go, there's nowhere to hide, and they beat the shit out of Everize. <laughs> they beat the shit out of Everize, pummeled those geeks on the, and they basically melt to the floor outside, and then uh, Imperium and Grizzle Young Vets get in the ring and they wrestle. And it is very good wrestling, and it's just, you know, attrition until they're both exhausted. And by that point, uh, while they're wrestling and killing each other, Everize has been just sitting there playing possum for forever. Like, you can see them on a knee, basically peeking up, looking on purpose, so the camera can actually see both of them, like, we're just gonna, we're gonna be real quiet, hopefully these bears don't maul us again. So, they got to the point where they're exhausted, and then they pick the, they pick the bones. And they get in, they get a couple spots in or whatever else. It's a few cool near falls. But ultimately, they, uh, uh, Grizzly Young Vets in Imperium, uh, get tags in to refresh. Uh, they go at it some more. Just cool, you know, they get all their spots in. Um, and then ultimately, they end up getting, uh, Grizzly Young Vets end up getting Imperium out of the match. They end up isolating, uh, one of the Everize dudes and they end up blasting to death with their, uh, their, uh, their power bomb spot. It's it's basically like a. It's similar to the. Oh my god! What's the Royal Warriors move? Um, demolition the, for device. Uh, the fucking Doomsday device. It's also, the the Young Bucks did a better Doomsday device than Road Warrior Hog and Animal ever did in their lives. On the ramp. Uh, in the opener. Because it was on the ramp. So basically, is is basically the. Uh, What's the name of Doomsday Device? It did a Doomsday Device. That's their finish step. It's not actually when you stacked up in the leg chair position. It's actually like you're in a power bomb position, so it's a, it turns into a assisted power bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, and ended up pinning one of Everize dudes. Um, it's a fun match. I, I would, I would, I would recommend it. Um, as a, as a, I like the story of it. It wasn't just a standard like, okay, someone gets rolled out the ring. It's like there's a reason why they got rolled out the ring because they got rolled up on and whooped. <laughs> So, uh, from there, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. So then we're going to get a, a, um, a video package, um, basically called the, the, the casualties of war games. So they sit every, basically everybody that was in war games down, they talk about how, how much of, um, how much of a car rake the match the match was and the cage was? I think they called it the structure instead, not match. So just just a heads up. Um, and they talked about some of the spots that were done, 
Uh, they talked about Dakota Kai. I don't know if she's actually really legitimately injured, but she's not on TV for at least the next couple of weeks, I guess, to sell the Eclipse all onto the chair. Um, they talked about the, uh, neck the brace. Candace. Well, they didn't have her in a neck brace because remember the Eclipse from a couple of weeks ago that Ember gave, um, Indy Hartwell has Indy Hartwell in a bedazzle uh, necklace right. right now. That's so right. okay. they're, they're putting over her move. It's just like, if she hits it, you're fucked. So like uh-huh. they're putting over her move at least. Um, but they didn't do the neck brace for uh, Dakota. Um, they talked about with uh, Candace. They talked about the spot with her arm in, in um, Shotzi. They talked about the um, the spot where Kyle O'Reilly damn near blinded Oni. Um and the, cool, the one thing they did with it was they did this nice. They had everybody in it talking about it except for Oni. And you're like, and then they get to the part where they talk about the the the, the chair cutting Oni's eye or eyelid or, or or whatever else. And they kept them off that. And after they showed it, then they show Oni's face, and you can see how scarred up his face is. And you're just like, that's that's actually nice storytelling of like they left him out there so like you can now see the after effect without you know. Going without, you know, you see it and then you see it and then you see what happened. So that was cool. But, uh, they basically, you know, gave you a more of a laundry list of stuff. Uh, they talked about how Bobby Fish, uh, got hurt, which seems like he gets hurt every war game. So maybe they should stop putting this poor man in there, this poor old man into war games. Um, I think it was a triceps injury or elbow injury. Um, but yeah, they, they laid that all out. So then they go to interview Tony Storm and, they ask her why did you know a couple weeks ago you turned on Ember and it seemed like y'all had some a, a bit of a small bond in your short time back here. Why do you do that? She said, "Look, um, like I told you guys when I first came back, it's a brand new Tony Storm." And EO interrupts and says, "Look, War Games is over, and um, the only problem I have right now is this NXT champion or is this NXT, NXT belt. But I just don't like you. Punches her in the face." They brawl backstage. They brawl to the ringside area. They brawl into the ring. EO gets the upper hand. Goes up to the um, top rope to give her a moonsault. Tony rolls out. Goes to leave. Ember, um, in response to how Tony turned on her by throwing her into the steps, is on the spot, throws her ass into the steps, and it throws her back into the ring. EO hits her with a moonsault. That was Exciting. the segment. Excitement. You want to talk about the Abaddon? <laughs> no. So, um, the, the thing for me is like, all right, so who is Tony going to have a program with? Is going to is she going straight to the title? Oh, or did, is she did going you see to have the match with Ember? Did you see the announce that got got got? Uh, did you see the match that got announced? Uh, what was the match that was announced? So they announced Rhea Ripley versus Tony Storm for next week. Okay. Um. So I guess she's shooting. I don't know why they did that match. Like the match is clearly either right now I'm, seeing that Raquel. I mean, they did this no match contender. so they could like do no finish. Like, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Which is like, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking myself like, okay, so the actual program, what's the actual program? Like, EO has a match. Her next title match, big match, is going to be with Raquel, 
which is probably be on New Year's Evil or something like that, right? So, um, what are you going to do with Ember or Tony Storm at the time? Because you just did this, so it involves Tony Storm with a link to Ember and Eel. So, when are you going to do the Ember and uh, the Ember and Tony match? Because you had them turn on each other, you had her get her receipt back. So naturally, you get them in the ring, you have them figure it out, right? But now you're telling me it's uh, Raquel, or not Raquel, but uh, um, Rhea Ripley and Tony Rhea Ripley Storm. Ripley like, uh, why? Not not that it's like a bad thing, but it's like, that's something you're supposed to save, or you should, in theory, save for later on. To get to, eventually, Tony Storm or EO versus whoever else she faces after Rhea Ripley. Or not Rhea Ripley, but Raquel. All the R's are screwing me up. Um, I don't think they're going to do nothing with Ember. I think she's just here to, like, make people look good now. That's what I mean. She's having kick-ass matches. But so. if you're going to do that, put her in the ring with Tony so that you can give Tony the rub. Isn't that the point? If she if she's in here to lose the people, put her in the ring with someone you want to win. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Boy, that Rhea Ripley. Boy. Yeah, so uh, then we end up getting Tommaso Ciampa versus Cameron Grimes. Um, good match. It didn't go as long as it could have, but uh, basically, they are wrestling and t- and Ciampa's like just all over him. And eventually, uh, it turns to a strike battle um, in... Grimes ends up getting Ciampa's leg. He has to sell it. Strike balance ensues. Ciampa's not doing that well. Up until he hits, he catches Grimes coming off the top rope or the middle rope with, uh, with you know, one of his big knees. Uh, and then he ends up throwing him into the ropes, um, out to the apron, and then DT- hit him with his DDT and gets the win. Um, while this is all happening, Thatcher is down at ringside in a, in a, in a run back of what Thatcher did with, um, or what Ciampa did to Thatcher a couple weeks ago. Um, so ultimately, uh, they go face to face. Uh, they're, you, it's clear they're going to have another match somewhere down the line. Um, Grimes, while, uh, Ciampa after the match is, uh, concerned with Thatcher, tries to, uh, get, um, Who's the attention he tried to get? I'm blanking. Hold on, let me look at these notes. I was trying to do this off the top of my head without notes, but going to have to do it. Um, Coming off the dome, make sure y'all are following us on Twitter. Make sure you guys are laying down donations. Uh, y'all can subscribe to the YouTube channel. Check out the Fire Pro matches that I've been doing commentary on. They've been pretty fun. I'm going to keep trying to stall and kill time here. Okay, um, so here we go. There we go. They confront they confront each other, Thatcher in... Mean, they meaning Thatcher in Ciampa after Ciampa wins. Ciampa walks back up the ramp. Grimes grabs Thatcher, kind of like, hey man, like, what is all this nonsense going on in the middle of my match? Thatcher beats his ass and geek, treats him like a geek. So, like bottom of the hip, bottom of the bottom of the barrel heel, uh, Cameron Grimes gets his ass whooped again on on NXT. Poor Cameron Grimes. The, the, 
don't don't ever show your show anyone in WWE that you can be funny. Never. Never. <laughs> Never. You only show the you only show them yeah, you have comedic timing or comedic chops after you've gone up the card. Then you show it. You gotta be dead ass serious and then you show them the funny. Um so then we end up getting uh the uh the Zylee and Boa uh stuff this week and this stuff was actually great. Um I saw th- this. This shit looked like it was out of a training montage in a in a action movie con- or martial arts movie. Um they are basically after last week where they were brought before this um, woman that we can't see her face and they were basically waterboarded. They are now Boa in um, Zaya training um, and being trained, trained to their breaking port to where now like there is a rage inside them. Like uh, Zaya is working this wooden machine with strikes and her knuckles are, or her padded knuckles are bloody. Um, and then Boa is basically being um, Kendo sticked uh, and beaten uh, for toughness, and you can see the rage building inside them. Um, and this shit is shot on like goes. super HD cameras yes. too. Yes, like whatever technology is next, that's it. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. So this is the first week where like it seemed where this was actually good, or or it, let me not say good, like because last week was good, but this is the first time I was like. Oh my god! This looks like they actually have some real path and direction with this, opposed to like they're just doing wh- whatever, like <laughs> triad, mystical triad, cr- crouching tiger, hidden dragon shit. And I was like, oh god, please don't do no racist shit. I'm just, I'm just watching this whole thing like, please don't do no racist shit. And like, this was good. This was so well done. I was like, I'm willing to give this a chance. So we'll see where this goes from now. Like, if they fuck this up, it was like, why did you bring, how do you have this such a great idea for this segment, but like, the, whatever happens after this, you screw this up. But this hey, was man. good for this week. Um, yeah, I, I, all I know is if they, they, they out here getting hit with these sticks and getting whooped on and bleeding, like, they better not be losing no fucking DDT. Like, when they get back, they better be like, whooping monsters. Ass. They better be, they, look, she better, Zai Lee better be beating case again, Zara and Lacey, uh, or sorry, and Kane Carter, Kane Carter, like within, within an inch of their lives. They just fight each other forever, like young lions. <laughs> hey, I would say you got to get it ready, but they ain't gonna never get put on like that. Never. Um, like it's gonna be amazing when like Casey Canzaro is the AEW Women's Champion in 2023. It's gonna be amazing. <laughs> so, um. Yeah, so then we end up getting, uh, Gar- the Gargano family, uh, their celebration of Johnny's third, uh, North American title, uh, chant, or run. Uh, they come out, they talk about, uh, basically they're here to put over that now there is a family. Uh, and you say, we've always talked about the Johnny Gargano way, and this is the way. It, it points out Candace, him, Andy Hartwell, and Austin Theory, they're having Austin Theory play a dumbass, uh, that's unfunny, and then, like, Indy, like, makes fun of him, and then, like, Johnny and, uh, Candace laugh at how stupid Austin Theory is. That's how it's running for now. I don't know if this is a long-term thing, but whatever. Um, basically, like, you, if you, if you get in the way, 
it, I don't think he's actually said this, but basically, if you get in the way, the way will will get rid of you. Uh, right. So that that's the gist of the promo. It was okay. Um, Johnny made a point of saying, like, you know, um, they call me uh, Mister Takeover. Well, because Candace is two and zero in War Games, she is Miss Takeover. Which also is like funny because like has she ever won a match outside of those? Uh, Candace. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Not a I takeover. Mean, Hell no. I, I mean, I guess that does make her, you know, because Johnny ain't exactly the most, <laughs> you know, decorated record wise either. So John- you know it. You know, it's funny. Johnny's Mr. Takeover. Johnny ain't been in not a one uh, War Games. Not one. All four of them, he's missed all of them. Smart. Smart. Maybe. Hey, look, Johnny, like, if anybody's going 45 minutes, it's going to be me by myself. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then we getting Pete Dunvers, Killian Dane. Uh,. This actually is a good match. Um, cause it's, you know, it's Pete Dunn <laughs> and Killian Dane always tries hard. Um, matches, you know, big guy versus technician. Uh, eventually at the end of it, uh, he is, they have it to where it looks like he's about to, uh, put away, uh, Dunn. Killian Dane's gonna put away Dunn. Outcome, Oni and Lorcan for the distraction. Um, Drake Maverick comes out as well. Drake Maverick tries to run them off with a chair. Uh, he thinks he's ran them off, but he only hit he only hit one chair strike. So he turns his back up halfway up the ramp, back to the ring to get Killian Dane's attention. Say, "I got him out of here." And then as he turns his back to say, "I got him out of here," uh, Oni and, and Birch come right back down the ramp and stomp his ass out. Dane comes out to save him. He comes back to the ring and uh, after he makes a save for him in. Um, Pete Dunn puts his ass away. He ends up hitting, um, he stomps his hand out after doing work on his hand, and then he hits him with a bitter end, which is, like, impressive because, like, that's a big dude to be doing a pump handle, uh, flatline or two. Um, so he's beginning to win, like, the, uh, what do you call it? The new improved Pete Dunn, strong motherfucker. And my notes just stopped. Where? Yeah, that man cut. Phenomenal shape, you yes. Know. Different, t- his, you know, he's in a ridiculous tan situation, but like, I don't even think he needs the tan. Don't need to be that ridiculous, but like, his physique is just like, it's jarring to still see him. And it's like he that that's Pete Dunn, but it's not Pete Dunn. It, like that dude has had a total body transformation. Um. Okay, so I wonder how old Pete Dunn is now. Is he twenty? Is he even twenty eight? Well, I feel like man been around forever, and then like he's just still here. Okay, so he's twenty seven. He he just turned twenty seven. Uh, yeah, last uh, month. yeah, which means like base like twenty four some shit, right? <laughs> That's ridiculous. Like, bro, like, how are you that good at twenty four? Like wrestling at like twenty four? Because you start wrestling at fourteen. Good point. Um, These niggas should be on top. <laughs> you know, you know, it's not, not in WWE because they're too small. Especially Pete, especially uh, Bate. You'd be like, "No, nah, you're way too small, dude." Um, I think, how tall do you think uh, Bate is? 
He's got to be a smooth, like, 5'6". So you think he's Leo Rush's height? Yes. Okay. Um, but, like, way more wide. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that dude's jacked. Um, that little dude's jacked. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, um, I missed this in my notes, but later on in the show, um... Priest comes out, I forgot what reason for, but Killian, Karrion Cross comes out, and he murders um, him on the ramp. At the top of the ramp, he runs him into uh, some of the uh, effects or whatever else, and then he power bombs him onto a uh, a prop that's a table or whatever else. Um, Priest was supposed to have a match with a, a tag match where he's tagging with Leon Ruff against Theory and Gargano next week. So we get a so after that happens, we get a backstage thing um, with Ruff asking about Priest's health, and Gargano and Theory roll up and say, "Hey, you so tough, your tag team partner's out." Why don't you just have? How do you just run a two-on-one handicap match, dumbass? Uh, <laughs> dumbass Leon Ruff was like, okay, and then out of nowhere, the the great honorable babyface Kashida shows him and says, "Nah, you ain't got to do that. I'll tag with you." Why? Oh, why is Kashida constantly saving these babyfaces and giving all these babyfaces that are down in their luck chances? Like, he gave Drake Maverick... Remember, remember there was a three-way tie for the uh, A block of the uh, interim Cruiserweight tournament? And oh, because so, so Drake, apparently oh, Gato was stealing from Triple H. <laughs> He's stupid. <laughs> oh, no, but, the benevolent... The, 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 the kindness of, of this Japanese man's heart. <laughs> so he, he's basically doing the Tetsuya Naito? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's funny. I can't believe really think about that. Yes, the benevolent Japanese baby faces when you are in a bind will just bail you out of the goodness of their hearts. Like that's interesting. But yeah, right. so. it's just like you know, like um, I don't know if you've seen uh, Cobra Kai, but you know the real Miss Miyagi is dead, right? Okay. So um, in there's some wisdom that needs to be had at a certain point, right? And mm-hmm. then there's a random fisherman that is out there. Um, what? that hit that they run into. I be, I don't believe that the fisherman is Asian, but we know what that was supposed to be. Ah, uh, okay, gotcha. It was he, supposed to be. He is the figure of that. Okay, I get yes. you. Uh, what, uh, it Mr. was Miyagi supposed to be Mister Miyagi gotcha. giving some okay. wisdom to solve a problem, gotcha. like be there for you in times of need. <laughs> okay, so, um. Yeah, so Kushida um, says that he'll be the tag team partner. So next week it'll be Kushida and Leon Ruff versus Austin Theory and Gargano. Um, I I'm sure that Team Gargano will end up winning, but uh, just the idea of Gargano and Kushida in the ring together is like cool to me. Um, so maybe they can run it at New Year's Evil. Please God, I, there are so many Gargano matches that are just left. Like it was like a real match. Like I want to I want to swerve. Takeover match. I want O'Reilly takeover match. I want a Kushida takeover match. Like there are so many guys for Gargano to still wrestle. That is like there is no excuse for this to happen with like him and Champa. 
um, and it feeling like stale in this way. Like there are so many more matchups to actually get to. You just have to actually mm-hmm. build up these other guys. To stop being lazy. Um, yep. Yeah. So then we end up getting Raquel Gonzalez versus Amber Moon, and Raquel Gonzalez. Well, let me first, let me start first. Where real credit needs to go to first foremost. Amber Moon is still fucking great. She's ever since she's came back, she's been fucking great. I don't know um, who did her Achilles surgery, but kudos to them. Thank God for them. Hopefully, it's the same person that did Kevin Durant's uh, Achilles. And I, hopefully, I hear Kevin Durant looked great tonight. Oh yeah. Yeah, in the preseason game. That's great news. That's great news. Like he he That's had like eleven points in the first quarter or something like that. Him That's and Kyrie like giving it to uh the Wizards. That's great news. Oh man, please, please let look. Please let Kevin Durant come back at the same percentage that uh that Ember has returned with because she's just she's as great as she <laughs> ever was. Uh she is selling her ass off. She's bumper ass off, she's credible with strikes and pacing and, and and timing and speed and accuracy. She she is just putting on this top-notch performance around this green woman that, like, you know, and the greenest works in a Goldbergian sort of sense. Where like, so she was Ric Flair bumping around Liz Luger. I don't. I wouldn't say that she was game. Like she was. It was a classic big man, little man, but with the addition of like Ember doing the modern indie stuff. So it was all cool. There was a spot where, like, you know, it's a bunch of oh, I'm trying to hit her. You know. You speed, catch her in a weird angle, try to hit her with an arm drag, a rolling arm drag. Uh, Raquel just basically stops it dead, stops the momentum dead in the center, throw her, bring, you know, pull her back up to her feet, and then throw her off the ropes again, and then do more stuff. And then, you know, comes off the ropes, goes for her Conrada, a spot, or, or a twirl, twirl head scissor spot. I catch you again, and then I hit you with a, you know, hit you with a slam, that sort of stuff all throughout the match. Um, there is, or so after all that stuff happens, uh, Raquel's on top. She's beating the shit out of Ember. Ember ends up getting her outside the ring. Um, and the apparatus that housed and brought up and down the War Games uh, cage is still there. And while yeah. I'm watching it, I'm like, why is that still there? They kept it there so that they could do this spot to where Ember has the advantage, has. Raquel outside by the announce table. Ember goes to climb. R- Raquel stops her, gets her up, and she's already in like power bomb position and slams her onto the uh, 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 the announce table. Um, she lawn darts Ember into the post at one point. Um, gets her back into the ring. She goes to the opposite corner. Um, while Ember is in a corner, she goes running full steam ahead. Ember moves. She ends up taking the pulse as a Braun Strowman spot. Um, Ember goes for an eclipse. Raquel stops her as her feet hit the ground. She stops in mid in mid air, or not mid air, but you know mid uh, move. Uh, she gets her up for her choke one arm choke slam power bomb thing. Ember reverses out of it. And, and go and basically Raquel stops her, puts her back in it again and drops her on it. Like this is like three and a half, three and three quarters, another fun ass uh Raquel match. Um so then out comes Tony. Tony pissed that Ember you know, beat beat her up or helped her get beat up early in the show. 
um, wants to get the one up again. Uh, and then out comes, and you know, they stomp out Ember a little bit. Um, then all of a sudden, Raquel, or not Raquel, all these damn R's, Rhea comes down. Um, so then you get Rhea pulls Ember out the ring, climbs up into the ring, and wants to go face face with Tony. Raquel grabs Tony, gets her out the way and out the ring, and then face to face again, Rhea and Raquel. It's not over. We are getting the second uh, Hoss battle eventually, and I can't wait. Um, so, and that's how to end NXT. So, yeah, man. basically, everything they're doing, to, or most of the things they're doing, to women is working. And eventually they'll figure out the men, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think from here we can get to Triple Mania. Yeah, man. Um, Triple Mania. Gotta say, I, I watched the whole show up mm-hmm. and down. This is one of the better shows. Uh, very fun show. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the better shows of the year. Now, you uh, have watched how many Triple Manias now? Three or two? At least three. Is this okay? Where does this rank on your experience viewing? I think this Triple is the Mania? best one. Okay. I think this is the best, even with no crowd there. Uh, I think they did uh, a great job with the commentary with Hugo Savinovich, just like dipping inside of English a little bit, but predominantly speaking Spanish, but giving us just enough to where we're not like totally in the dark, but always bringing the incitement. Uh, the arena was set up like wonderfully. And that AAA mat is hard as hell, so it's like it just worked in, in, in a way that sometimes NP Arena Wrestling tends not to. But um, there are there were four matches on the show, which I would recommend would be the first two matches and the last two matches. Um, the uh, highlight, of course, being you know the uh, match with Kenny Omega and Laredo Kid. Um, I'll go through a couple um, drop the names of the folks. So like we had uh, Nuevo Poder del Norte versus Dinastia Maximo and you Mr. Dinasty. You said there's a dude named Dinasty. Uh, Dinastia. Dinasty. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Mr. Iguana, who is a Zotico. Okay. Um, very fun match. Super opener. Uh, I would probably give the opener four stars. Uh, lots of like huge spot fest, flips, everything. Like, like highly recommended. Um, then there was a, um, a world tag team title match, triple eight world title belts, Lucha Brothers against, um, Los Mercenarios, which is, uh, Texano and Ray Scorpion. I watched a Pentagon and El Texano, uh, match. A f- couple weeks ago, uh, Texano's a, a unmasked heel and he had Pentagon being the baby face. It was pretty funny. And also Los Ginetes del Air, which is Mississippi's Jr. and Octagon Jr. And this was a three way match and Pentagon, um, basically Texano rolled up on Pentagon fairly early in the match with a barbed wire baseball bat and bash him in the fucking knee and they carry Pentagon off throughout the whole match so Phoenix is by himself like essentially um, and Phoenix showed up in a, in a denim jacket in, in his entrance it was pretty funny um, but yeah this was another uh, awesome match lots of you know uh, physicality flips uh, and this one went about 14 minutes 
finish comes when when Pentagon comes back and then the doctor is like chasing behind him like come back here like don't do this and then he gets <laughs> in and, and he does a package power driver and the stomp with with uh with Ray and then they retain uh there was a a timed cut oh oh go ahead sorry I was gonna say there's a uh, up next there's a oh uh, hold on before you move to the next match yeah. if I I because I I tried to sort all of this out. After uh, Josh asked a question, I got it wrong. Mrs. C's Jr. is Bandito's <laughs> brother. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because remember, like, there's a million, like, between um, Mystico, Mystico 2, Mr. C's, Mr. C's 2, um, and Caristico. Because, you know, like, the original Mystico is the original St. Cara, who is the original Mr. C's, who is the original uh, Caristico. So I was mixing this stuff up. So, um, Mr. C's Jr. is Bandito's brother, and then uh, Mystico 2 in Triple, or not Triple A, but in uh, CMLL is uh, Dragon Lee and Roosh's brother. Gotcha. Yeah. So just, you know, there's a lot of shit going on if you yeah. just, like. Whole I, lot of trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I don't, because I, I don't watch much. Uh, Lucha Libre, so I was like, I got so like I had to straighten the shit out of my head because you know, um, they be so they be also, ripping each other, they be ripping off gimmicks and shit all the time. Yeah, speaking of that, uh, unfortunately, so they had a uh, a wonderful ceremony for Laparca who died. Now it's not the Laparca that was in WCW; it was the AAA Laparca, and he died earlier this year. Um, and they inducted him into the AAA Hall of Fame. They had a a choreographed like dance number with uh with a guy and it was like a knockoff of thriller or whatever and it was like it was it was fun let's just say that um okay. and then they did all that and you know did the ceremony with um rolled on i believe who's the uh owner of triple a okay um they also had bands and rap battles. They had like, they had rap battles in between like, uh, the <laughs> matches, but they were in Spanish. So you couldn't understand what they were saying, but you could clearly feel the energy. There was okay. one part where Psycho Clown was in there with him, which is hilarious. Psycho uh, Clown rapping? He wasn't rapping. He was oh, just okay. there. Okay. He had a mic, but he wasn't rapping. Okay. Then they had, um, uh, a, a rock band. I believe it was called like Molotov, if I'm not mistaken. And they're like the biggest rock band in Mexico. Hmm. Uh, and it was like just between matches. It, there was a lot of time, uh, the show took, but there was a, uh, time battle royal for, uh, the Luchadoras. So Lady Shawnee beat Big Mommy. Let's see if I can nail these names. Um, Chick Tormenta, Fabi Apache, who I'm a fan of. I've seen her a couple times. Yeah, the, um, Afa- yeah, the Apache sisters are, are, are all good. Uh, Hades, Lady Marvia, La Hydra, and uh, Mamba and Pimpinella was in this match. So Pimpinella is also Exotico. There was also another, uh, I believe Mamba was, they had Exotico versus Exotico. It was a face-off okay. in, the, uh, in the Battle Royals. I think the battle world went a little long. Um, at the beginning of the match, it was better than it was at the end, but it seemed like, you know, for me, the hot feud um, that I'm interested in is Fabi Apache and La Hydra. Every time I've seen them fight each other, it's been on. So, Have they had any of those um, fights outside? Yes, they okay. they were they were in a tag match, I believe. Uh, I watched the other day. It was La Hydra and... 
I don't remember uh, the the young lady's name, but they were on opposite sides. Fabio Apache and Lahiri both had partners, okay. and they were running it. So uh, after that, we had the six man tag. This would be walking brawl. This was the Psycho Circus, Monster Clown, Murder Clown, and Psycho Clown. Uh, Monster Clown damn near, uh, or excuse me, Murder Clown damn near damn neared himself. <laughs> um, and someone said if Laparka had trained in the WWE Performance Center, he would be dead. So, but La Park actually caught him. Um, uh, LA Park, bigger than I've ever seen him. They, uh, bigger so than, before, the, than like earlier, like last year? Yes. Wow. Uh, so it was Blue that, Demon. You know, he reminds me of, even though it makes no sense why it reminds me of that. Do you remember like Gucci at his heaviest? Yes. When he was out here looking pregnant? Yes. That's like I had yeah. that same thought that like when I saw uh La Parker last year, I was like, That man is that man is eating well. Yeah. Well. Like uh so uh Cycle Circus uh they defeated Blue Demon Junior, El Hijo de La uh, Little LA Park and Big LA Park, essentially. Um so this is a big walking brawl, this wasn't really too good. Um then we had a tag match, this was the Marvel match, and this was um Terror Purpura, which is Brian Cage, um, Ven- Venonoid, which was Black Taurus, and they defeated Arcano, who was Leo Rush, and yeah. Leonda Americana, so Captain America, and he was Daga, so Captain America was Mexican, so I, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Arcano, or sorry, uh, is it Arcano or Arachno? Or whatever. Either Ar- way, Arcano. either way, he's is Leo Rush playing Spider-Man, Spider-Man or Miles Morales, either one. Um, Cage was playing Thanos, right? Terror Purpura, whoever that is. I'm assuming he's purple, so, th- so I'm assuming it's, uh, I'm assuming Thanos. it's uh, Thanos. And then, um, yeah. and then uh, what was Black the one? Was, Black Taurus was, was who? I don't know. Cause was you know, it, don't is really it basically Spanish for Venom? Venom, yes. yes. Yeah, so he's Venom from he Spider- the, uh, yeah, Spider-Man. Yeah. He had the spider on him. Yeah, yeah. So Spider or Venom for Spider Man. Yeah. So that was okay. I, I think they kind of those are guys that don't normally wrestle in mass, and it seemed <laughs> like Cage's uh, gear was too small for him. So this was just I would probably say it was like a three star match. I saw a couple uh, spots in uh, Leo Rush. He it looks like a fish to water doing some Lucha Libre spot. <laughs> uh, but the match that we were here for definitely delivered. Triple uh, A title match: Kenny Omega against the Laredo Kid. Uh, Kenny was seconded by Michael Nakazawa, and then uh, Laredo Kid was seconded by El Hijo del Vikingo. And this was excellent. Yeah, excellent. I was following on Reels on Twitter. Timeline was going nuts. I actually bought a near fall submission attempt of uh, the second one. Yep, uh, yep. Yep. And it was like, Oh shit. Like, is this man really like, about to lose? Like they did, um, some brawling outside the ring. That was pretty good. They did a big spot with the tire. Apparently, did you hear the story about the tires, James? Uh, no, but it didn't not look secure. And he, and Vikingo was out of his mind, jumping off the top of the lift. And then, um, I don't know. Who's crazy. I don't know. Who's crazy. Tire. Yeah, a real kid jumped off the tire that wasn't actually like attached for real, and then Vikingo jumped off the th- the the forklift on top, like the top of the forklift from a higher distance. So it's like if there's any mis- smallest yes. mistake made, like someone's like splatting on concrete from like fifteen twenty feet, it's it, or not twenty feet, but like fifteen to twelve feet. It was insane. So apparently, it was um, it was some tire company that had a sponsorship, so they worked that into the match. Mm, so. Okay. 
Um, but yeah, this was like um, Kenny Omega in a completely different environment. It, it was incredible. Uh, he comes off like a total superstar. Um, big entrance. Uh, Laredo Kid is in his um, gear. They said that was like the beginning of his career, like an odd to the or ode to the beginning of his career. Um, and it seemed like this was like uh, the story I read into it, kind of like the story within the story is like Laredo Kid's a hired gun to have great matches, essentially. And boy, did they fucking do it! <laughs> so um, they uh, they did a lot of cool stuff. Michael Nakazawa didn't catch Kenny for oh shit on one of these dives. Yeah, he. Yeah, um, I was saving it like. Um, <sighs> he he went to the Mike Mazzana school of not catching a bitch. Like, I don't understand. And here's the thing for uh, those that that they said he maybe, felt all maybe, bad. Like he was, you know, he was he pretty should. upset with himself. Like I, for those that don't know or those that didn't see it, um, the layout of it is they're inside the building on concrete, and the rings in, in the dead center, of course, with a carpet over the top. But the thing is, it's just carpet. It's not padding. So he so. Basically, when Kenny does a Terminator uh, flip dive over the top ropes and Nakazawa doesn't catch him, he basically lands ass first on pure or, or next to pure concrete. And I was yeah. like, when it happened, this like, one I talked about earlier in the show, I was like, Jesus Christ, Michael, you have nothing else to do but to catch this fucking guy. <laughs> and he lands right on his ass, I'm like, dude, like if Kenny keeps up at this at this rate, obviously you expect his friend to catch him, but apparently not. But he, if he keeps up at this rate, he's he's going to be a fucking wreck um, eventually. Yeah, um, which is crazy because like he caught like Laredo Kid from like perfectly seconds later, perfectly before. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, after that happens, because um, Laredo Kid moved out the way, Nakazawa um, it gets slides out the way on the floor, and then Laredo Kid hits a Asai moonsault, a, a high arcing Asai moonsault right on the Kenny, and Kenny catches him perfectly. Yeah. And it was like, damn, bro. I guess he's showing him how it's really done. Like, this is how you catch yeah. somebody from not fucking dying <laughs> on landing on pure concrete or next pure concrete. Laredo Kid, um, as I mentioned before, he, like, this man, it was lightning fast at times. Like, he was just yeah. doing shit like where, like, springboard RKO uh, off the top rope. They had a really cool uh, reversal for the one winged angel where he got basically put in one of them Yave submissions. He, he victory rolled through and then slapped on um, almost like a sit out um, or no, like the, Tan- the Tanashi tap out. Yeah. The TTO from Jay White thing. Like, it, like he rolls through, gets to his feet, slaps on the Texas Cloverleaf. It looks like he's about to hit like the, um, the Ripley Prism thing and then he sits out on it and it turns to the uh, the TTO. Yeah, but this this was fucking excellent. Like in crazy V triggers, of course. Crazy V triggers, um, but yeah. like the V triggers started flowing, and then, um, uh, and then uh, Laredo Kid ended up getting like Kenny's leg and worked over the knee, and then start get, slapping on the legs and missions, and like Kenny's movement was um was was hampered by that point in time because he's selling the knee. Like it, it's it's one of Kenny's best matches of the year. Like I, yeah. I it's. This is- I went four and three quarters. I was a coward. I'm at, but. I'm at, I'm at five. I'm at four, not five. I'm sorry. I'm at um four and a half to four and three quarters. Um, I probably like when I, I'm probably gonna rewatch it. Uh, whatever else. It's pr- but it's probably that's why I give it like four and three quarters. Like I, I like like I, I like this more than any other Kenny's any of Kenny's matches in AAA. So like, I like yeah, it more. Than, I like it more than um than this match with Ray Phoenix. Uh, from was that in last year? 
He that was the middle of last year. Yeah. Like September and then he wrestled Dragon Lee in December. I never saw the Dragon Lee match. I'm sure you can get your hands on it. If not, I may be able to find it. Um yeah, yeah. but yeah, this another big title defense. He he gets the win in this like um like he's fucking uh, Laredo kids on the top rope. Like look like he's about to go for some type of moonsault or some some or no he, something. Nakazawa gets up, distracts him yep. somehow. Kenny catches him and then like pops him on his shoulders and he's facing the outside of the ring and he's gives him the. In, he's he's in or sorry he's on the second rope with Laredo kid on his shoulders in electric chair position and he's facing in he's facing he's inside the ring. On the on those ropes facing out the to outside the right, so then he basically falls back, and as he falls back, one wing angel off the second rope going backwards for the win. It was an incredible finish. Yes, just it was like, oh my fucking god! Like I I was immediately on Twitter just like losing it. So uh, epic, epic match. Uh, I someone uh, put a meme out like. Yeah, somebody got to go get Laredo Kid. Like, they said uh, Triple H is going to be trying to sign that man in the well, morning, like, essentially. Well, I mean, I-, I saw that joke, and I thought to myself, like, if he was trying to get him, it- it's already happened before because he was been on AEW before. Like, he was on, was it Fight for the Fallen? Or was He's he on, on Fighter like, Fest. Yeah, he was on Fighter Fest in that triple threat match with uh with the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros and Vikingo and, uh yeah, so... I get the joke, but like, nah, you should use that joke last year. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Kenny wins, uh, tries to shake his hand. Oh, and who, who goes fucking fantastic on commentary. Oh, yes, he is. This whole match. Um, he's going to give votes for best announcer. Uh, and if more people watch big- Lucha, he, he would be getting those anyway. So, like, Rich yeah. made the point that he should be still. I'm like, ain't nothing stolen. That man's great. <laughs> <laughs> like, if, like if more American fans actually watched like the Japanese commentary on uh, New Japan World, they would be like uh, Milano Collection AT and uh, Liger and whoever the play-by-play guy. That should be a, that's my favorite announced team in the world. I love watching Liger lose his fucking mind during G One. <laughs> Uh, I've I've enjoyed getting into Triple uh, A the last like month or so. Um, Do you like I've it more? Started... Than, I know you've watched CMLL before. Do you like it more than CMLL? Um, I don't know who CMLL really has right now. So like, it's not it's a case like where I just haven't watched right. as much CMLL lately. Right. But I I definitely like Triple A because like it's a little more outlaw. Um. <laughs> So CMLL would, I think, is 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 real pretty in CMLL. Like there, it's very traditionalist or whatever. It's the oldest promotion, but AAA, like, it's like they're not afraid to do like more wild shit. I think so. I don't know. AAA might be more my lane, but I would probably have to watch more CMLL to see if that's like true. I've okay. So I've watched. I think I watched two um, CMLL shows, and I think I got spurred on to watch, like the Friday shows. Because, you know, they go right up on YouTube. So I've watched them. I've enjoyed mm-hmm. them, but it's never been like I need to go back to see, like, what... See the tapestry of the long-form storytelling. Like, it's always get told that, like, Lucia, like, Lucia Libre storytelling is like, it don't do not do that to yourself. Don't yeah, do that to your brain. On. So it's like... And, you know, they also don't care about the belts or whatever else. It's like... So for me, it's like... I'm willing to watch it if I get recommendations from, you know, like Dr. Lucha or Lucha Blog on, like, this match is crazy, go watch it, or I hear word of mouth, like, I'll definitely go watch uh, 
loose labor rate like CML or CMA or CML or AAA stuff, but it's like I really I get the, I really get the time. To, I really get that kind of recommendation, or, or or maybe I'm just not seeking it out from the right people. Because um, you know, because Dylan actually likes Lucha, so mm-hmm. I, and you know, last year he was like Lucha's really down. So I was like, how do you guys like? I'm thinking myself like thinking of all the like great Mexican wrestlers in this generation, and I can go at least ten deep on it. And I'm like, how? <laughs> How was, like you know what I'm saying it's like okay I'm thinking all people in AAA right and then I think all people in the people that I know that like still do CML stuff just like between Ring of Honor too or New Japan it's like how's it down all these dudes are raw you right. know maybe, obviously you know politics and whatever else and, and blah 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 but still it's like that doesn't seem right that like, I can I can go 10 deep on raw people but like nah it just ain't clicking. Well, I, th- I think last year they did have the death of Paco Alonso, which right. may have like done something to CMLL. But um, there was a two minute promo after where Kenny called out El Hijo del Vikingo for his next title match. Said basically, set it up, run it. You know, I, I want to see you uh, when I see you. So uh, the match that I've been wanting for a long time uh, is going to happen at some point can't fucking wait like this man vikingo showed up also um after the tag team title match and did one of the craziest hurricanranas i can ever think of seeing in my life the only way i can describe it is somebody's on the second rope um outside the ring and then he's on the top rope balancing off of him and then he jumps off and does like a 720 Tornillo to where it attaches into a Hurricane Rana and he Hurricane Rana's this dude off of that middle rope onto a group of like two or three people. It is fantastic. And he had um, jeans on. Yeah, that too. Uh, it it just, yeah, he was in streetwear. Like, he, he did yeah. this with like sneakers on. It was fucking incredible. Um, I'm going to find a longer version of it and I'm going to add. You probably that, find uh, it on that same video. Okay, so I'm going to. F- Find it. And I'm going to chop it up, and I'm going to do exactly what I did uh, that I showed you. But I only had a shorter version. Um, that's going to be my, that's going to be my first ever TikTok video, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll put the link yeah. in the description to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was excellent, and it was very hard to follow this match. I don't think, like, obviously didn't top it, but this main event after between Pagano and Chessman. So, which one is just like Sting? For like Wolfpack Sting. I that is Chessman, I believe. It's Chessman, okay. Um, so this match was batshit insane. <sighs> I have no other way to describe it other than that. Weapons, um, double juice, uh, big no, moves. You told me it was triple juice. Shit. I'm getting there. Okay. So <laughs> you, you you think it was double juice? Like you know, both men are bleeding. They're hitting each other with weapons. There's all types of run-ins. Um, but it's not like detracting from the action. Like there's no rules in this match. It's a hair versus hair match. So like there's just people coming in and you know they're fighting them off and everything like that. And it's wacky. It's hardcore. They're hitting each other with weapons. They are fighting everywhere, brawling around a joint. Hugo Savinovich gets crashed with a guitar by Pagano and he fucking blades. So we have triple juice. Um, and then like there's this big fall at the end. Um, I believe I summarized it all in a tweet last night um, where it was just like 
I can't believe this. Like they like, I was like one of the most insane main events, run-ins, dives, falls through tables and chairs, double juice, big moves, the announcers blading. And they did like a big, huge, like fall for the finish. Like with the move, like it was in, it was insane. Like just, I, and for them to doing it to be the biggest show of the year, it should have been insane. So, uh, Go out of your way to see, like, at least the last two matches. If you have time for the opener and the second match, uh, definitely check those out. But I definitely enjoyed myself, uh, watching this show. Like, it was free, uh, as, you know, most like AAA stuff is. Um, and it's just like, well, um, yeah, uh, highly recommended. Can't, can't front, like, had a lot of fun. And, and just the announcers and it's so energetic and, um, you know, it's something I don't watch every day. Yeah. I mean, I think we talk about this. I feel like me and you talk about this like at least twice a year. It's like, why don't we watch more? Why don't we watch more Lucha Libre? I feel like, I, saying, I, I like, think I'm going to just start watching more. Like, yeah, I, cause I have been watching more. So like, right. right. Trying and, to slowly get into it. I, I think it was mostly like, okay, you know, New York, WrestleMania weekend, the Bandito and Osprey match. We all, and you know, and then also, you know, and Bandito has the, the that freaking incredible uh, double. Uh, I don't even know what the hell you call it. What he did in um, G One Supercard, where he has like two dudes, and he basically does like oh, a yeah. moon salting. Uh, in- Scott Hall like duplex, yeah, or Scott, yeah, yeah, the Scott Steiner fall away slam thing, where he's basically like he turns it into a moon salt, like it's just incredible but it's like you watch that guy you see like you see Cavanary in person he's doing floor dives um you know <laughs> he's doing top rope the floor dives in, in on concrete he doesn't care he's out of his mind um you know you see someone like Flamita you see people like Puma King and then you throw in like the actual heavy hitters like you know the Lucha Bros uh Vikingo um you know it, it's there's so much fucking talent. Dragon Lee down there is like, I don't understand. I understand there's two, there's two companies, two major companies, and there's also a bunch of indies down there, but it's like, how, how is this not like a gigantic thing? Like outside, like, how is, um, stardom more popular this year to, then, to Americans than, CML or AAA, like to me, that's like it makes no sense. But mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but yeah, like we, we seemingly talk about this like twice a year. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess it's time to move on to. Or you have any other thoughts? Or you want to move on to New Japan? No, uh, I would just say go out of your way to see the last two matches. If you have time, check out the first two. Okay, um, I'll get around to the the three matches because oh, I only saw the um, hey, also oh, five matches. Add, add that Mexico match of the year. You know, like, <laughs> look, I wouldn't know, but you know, add that to Kenny. Wow. Anyway, <laughs> you know, add that to the resume. Wow. So, but my dog making a late flare Thez run. You know, trying to try, trying to sneak in the back door. You know, all you boys. Yeah. Um. I think he'll get votes. I think he may. I think he has a shot at placing, but I don't think he'll win. Um, yeah, that, that's where I'm at on it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. But if he fucking steals this, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be funny. Um, I think he has a. I think he has a 
I think he has a far better shot of winning um, in ring performer of the year um, with his resume. It might, you know, it's obviously either one is going to be held against him because he was a tag guy for most of the year, but still, um, he has, I think, he has enough matches to to um, place for um, most outstanding wrestler. Anyway, um, yeah. Best Super Juniors uh, final and World Tag League final. Uh, I'll start with the first because I know you didn't watch the World Tag League, unless I'm mistaken. You didn't watch one. No, I did yeah. not. Uh, Finn Juice versus Grills of Destiny. Um, good match, probably like three and a half. Um, it match starts early with uh, Giotto with no mask on, no no long sleeve. He, he's just out there in like you know, basically cut off shirt. Like sleeves cut off and like open like bare face. I was like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen his bare face in feels like years. So, uh, match starts. Juice runs off the ropes. Uh, Jado grabs the leg. Ref sees it, throws his ass out. He's like, No, I'm not going nowhere. He uh, ref gets the young boy. So Yoda Suji and I think uh, it's I don't know if it's Clark Connors or not. Can't remember. Um, but. Three young boys gra- all grab him by one limb and like walk his ass out of the building in the spot, and then they cut to a, 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 a faraway hard cam that's following him, and the spotlight's on him, and they're carrying and they take and they inch by inch dragging his ass out of there. And I was like, "This is beautiful, outstanding. Get his ass the fuck out of here. I'm tired of this bullshit, <laughs> these bullshit, cheating ass bullet club motherfuckers." So, um, they're having a match. It's 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 going well as uh, as it as it's happening. Uh, so then, all of a sudden, later in the match, Jot, uh, as uh, Bayface seem to have things in control, Jada comes back out, and he is out just to cause a distraction. Uh, the ref comes out and says, "Hey, I already threw your ass out. Leave. Don't come back." While the ref is taken, Kenta shows up with the with the uh, United States briefcase and bashes Juice over the head with it. Um, so. Then ultimately, uh, G.O.D., they hit the uh, super power bomb, and I don't know if Juice's head hit hit uh, Matt or not, but he <laughs> that was a it was an it was a gift worthy spot, uh, uh, and G.O.D. ends up uh, winning the uh, World Tag League. I think is this back to back years? Uh, Finn Juice won last year. This okay. is the first time G.O.D.'s ever won. Okay. Okay, so they were the champions at the end of last year. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so now we can get to the Best of Super Juniors final. Um, what were your thoughts on it, Rich? I thought it was a psychological match for most of it. Yep. And then it fired up when he ripped the mask off. Yep. I loved that part when they started slapping each other. This wasn't the, like the most, like, Athletic like Hiromu match I've ever seen or anything like that, but I thought it was a, a excellent match. Um, I would have probably said like four and a half. If you want to say it was slow, maybe you could go four and a quarter, but I'll give him the four and a half on that. I think people are batshit out of their minds that gave this five stars, but maybe they maybe deeper into watching the whole story between Despy and Hiromu and this hit on a, another level for them than it did for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, I thought it was an excellent match. Like they, these guys clearly work well together. And uh, Desperado, when he when he revealed himself, it makes you wonder if he's going to stay unmasked uh, and, and try to 
go forward under his real name. I saw a lot of people sharing it. It starts with a K. I don't remember, but um, these guys, anytime it, it, it lines up with some of my like in wrestling, which is like, all right, the big rival might not necessarily be someone like another big star. Like if there's a big star, his rival might ne- not might not necessarily be the the equal star to him, right? Mm-hmm. But it's the rival for him. Like mm-hmm. it's the motherfucker that just you hate. Like and it's not about star power. Like it's like college basketball. It's not about rankings. It's no, I just hate this motherfucker. Like mm-hmm. and and that's what uh Desmond Haroma seems like to me. And there's like another um side to the story which I want to explore that is like hilarious that I hear about. Um but uh, I, I thought it was I thought it was an awesome final. Yeah, um, I'm with you. Like I I heard people were going crazy going up for this match, crazy, and then like I'm watching it and I'm liking the match, and I thought to myself, this match is not nearly the level that people were uh, claiming this thing to be as a five star match, some match of year contender. So all of a sudden, I get the 20 minute call. And I'm like, bruh, we're at like three and a half right now. What the fuck is going on? And then, like, 30, 45 seconds later, Hiromu rips at that mask and rips the top half of it off. And keep in mind, like, what they had did the first 20 minutes was all very good wrestling. It is simple, it is simple textbook, is they're having a simple textbook wrestling match, um, that just felt like it was in, you know, third gear, but never cranked up to five. So you're like, we're at the 20 minute mark. Where is it? And you know, Hiromu matches. So you're like, we're used to getting like fourth gear out the gate. So, um, and most of the work is based around, um, him working Hiromu's leg. So he rips off the top half of his mask after, and you're just like, what is this? So then Desperado gets up. And he takes the bottom half of the mask off and then they just fucking go at it with these huge chops. And it was like a mini, it was like a mini series of what, um, Hiromu had did earlier in the year with Dragon Lee or Rio Lee, um, back in February, at new, Be- uh, new beginnings on Osaka. And they are going at it. Um, earlier in the match, uh, Desperado had took off the, uh, one of the, the, one of the turnbuckle pads, corner pads and threw Hiromu into it. We get to a point where, you know, Hiromu does this spot where he basically, uh, runs somebody, uh, from a fireman's carry position, basically like, uh, downwards into a, um, into a corner. They go back to that corner, unprotected corner, and Hiromu had the fast, as hard as he could, runs him into the exposed turnbuckle. By the time Desperado gets back up, you see him sound like he's in, he's just fucking misery. He gets back up, you see this gigantic, well, from the from the middle turnbuckle ring in his back, and then you see the bottom turnbuckle ring where he ran to and hit him right in the shoulder, um, in the back of his shoulder. Just big. They're already, you know, they're already bruised and and turning purple at, during the middle of the match. Um, there's a gigantic uh slap to the neck where you see a gigantic bruise on De- on Desperado's neck. They beat the living hell out of each other. Like after that, ma- like after that mask went off, they threw them chops and they start doubling each other and they were starting to chop each other from the from the mount. It was just out outrageous. And then, um, you know, time bomb two happens. Desperado kicks out of that and great kick out. Um, and then they do a couple more kickouts and then ultimately uh, Herma wins. But it it was like the last what was it ten or eleven minutes of that match 
was just that. What if, if that had been the whole match? I can see why people are saying this is like some you know some match year contender, but. The first twenty minutes, it was not that, but they cranked. When once they got into five, it wasn't five. They got into six. That, that shit was outstanding. The last ten minutes, outstanding. Yeah. Um, some of the best, some of the best wrestling I've seen um, this year. That stretch. So I can see why people love it so much. Like you know, because it was it was well built and built to that, and it just jumped up level. But like for me, it was just like it wasn't. If it had been a little bit better, I can see it, but it just wasn't that for me because it was clearly like two different. Two different levels of wrestling for uh, the, the 30, 31 minutes of that match. But um, yeah. still, I gave it four and a half. Um, great match. Another great Hurley match. Who's at, and I heard he had a bunch of other great matches in the uh, tournament that I will check out. Uh, Jeremy gave me a list of recommended matches in like half of his Hiromu. So, <laughs> so I'll get around to yeah. watching it. Yep. But yeah, um, Hiromu uh, wins. And uh, he says that he wants to fight or wrestle um, the winner of the Super J Cup, which conveniently was the next day. Um, it was taped, but aired the next day, broadcast the next day. Um, so I don't know what order it will be, but it seems like Hormu will uh, It's been announced as we put out this okay. show. Okay. So he'll, he's going to face him on the 4th. Um, so Hormu, I guess, didn't get the message. Like He wants to make things harder on himself. Like, so, um, the winner will get Ishimori the next day. They announce Tanahashi versus the great Okan. For the fourth? Yes. Does he have a match on the fifth? Not that I know of. And then, um, Taishi and Saber against Tamatonga Tangaloa, in addition yeah. to Naito and Ibushi and Okada and Osprey. I'm just gonna say it. I know. I, look, I know that you know, Great Okada, somebody they're trying to get started. I understand, da, 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 but I thought like this was supposed to be for the like casuals, like they couldn't run like <laughs> like they've already beat Okan too. So it's not like he's been protected. So uh, I, I guess, you know, they set this up in the World Tag League um, where he destroyed Tanahashi, I believe, a couple times. Um, I'm sorry. I, I just want more for Tanahashi. Um, I want him fighting uh, in a perceived um, in a perceived higher position with a you know, I guess, you know, this is just what they want to do. Um, well, seeing how he's like still the second most over wrestler in the company at worst. Yeah. Um, you know, this is his young boy. I'm going to, I'm sure keeping strong. So I was going to explain on Tuesday, <laughs> all the reasons that, you know, we should be excited for this, but I'm sorry. I'm not, especially, when I saw, I have a screenshot of Ishii and Tanahashi staring each other down. Uh, and Tomohiro Ishii's not booked, uh, right now as they've announced matches for the fourth and fifth. Um, he'll probably be defending never six man belt somewhere. Um, yeah, it's hard to fake excitement for Tanahashi wrestling the great Okan. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm with you. So you said that uh, that the Okada Osprey match is for the fourth. Yeah. 
So in Abushi versus Naito is the fourth as well. It is. What is Jay White doing on the fourth? Do we not wrestling? I'm sure he'll be in some multi-person tag match. All right. Um. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it for New Japan. Um. Unless we're missing something. Oh well, Super J Cup. Um. El Fantasmo won. Um. Super J Cup second year in a row. Um, via cheating, like you, <laughs> how you won it last year. Kevin Kelly was furious every time that man, uh, when that man cheated, uh, Leo Rush in their match at the end. Uh, it, it was, oh, it, they announced Shingo and Cobb for day, for the fifth. Okay. Okay. Uh, for the never, right? For the never. And okay. there is something else, but. Uh, go ahead. Uh, I'll, I'll look it up. Oh, Evil and Sonata. Yuck. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. It will never be over with me. Yeah. Um, we saw it at, uh, we saw it during, uh, New Japan Cup. We saw it in the final of the B block. Um, don't care. I like Sonata. Don't care. It's evil. Everything evil. <laughs> everything, everything is evil. No, everything sucks. So, um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, as far as Super J Cup goes, um, I only watched one match. It was Leo Rush match. I actually, or I take it back. I tried to watch the first five minutes of ACH versus TJP. It was well Russell, but it was boring, and I could not stop staring at TJB or TJP's fake uh, Concords. Um, Yikes! You know how like you know how like Bret Hart's boots used to light the Concords, kind of. Yeah. Okay, so imagine those, except they actually are like shaped like the Concords, and it's like, like into a preposterous way. Like it even has like the patent leather back part on the heel. It's like you are clearly trying to make these like Jordans, but they're high, but they're actually like boots, and they look like boots, and they're tall like boots. What are you doing, TJP? This is some of the most fraudulent shit I've ever seen. Like you may as well, you may as well have one of R. Kelly's mesh throwback jerseys. That's how fraudulent well, this is. You may as well have a a uh, <laughs> one of those Yao Ming throwback jerseys he had in the Thoy Thong video. This is how fraudulent those those boots look. Look, so whatever. Um, but yeah, um, uh, I got like five. It's like a nine minute long match. I got like five minutes. Like yo, a Chicago Bulls football, football jersey. Uh, yeah, he yeah, R. Kelly did do that. Lot lots of fraudulent stuff. A lot of five dollar. I'm sorry, a lot of seven dollar bill ass jerseys where R. Kelly rocked back in his day, <laughs> back in his prime. Um, but yeah, so, so yeah, I, I got like, it's like a nine minute match. I got like five minutes. So I was like, yo, this is well Russell, but I'm bored. And I was like, let me get to Leo Rush. Leo Rush came out in this incredible gear. It's black and red with yellow polka dots. Um, and it just looks awesome. Um, and, uh, him and El Phantasmo went out there for like 15 minutes. It was a very good match. Um, Phantasmo is selling kind of like how the Young Bucks sold. Like they were off for so long. So they're rusty. So they were botching spots on purpose. El Phantasma was doing that. And then as he's botching wow. stuff up, uh, Leo Rush was laughing at him. And then El Phantasma was like, when's the last time you worked? I haven't worked in months or something like that or, or whatever else. And then um, at the end, like Phantasma did more cheating. Like uh, Leo Rush had him uh, dead to rights almost. And uh, he goes for a 450 splash on top rope. Phantasma gets his knees up. As he gets his knees up uh, into uh, Leo Rush's ribs, he then proceeds to kick Leo Rush with uh, double kick him into the ref into the corner. Um, Leo Rush uh, comes out the corner, 
thumb to the eye, punch to the dick, and then a roll up for, for the win. <laughs> Were there any moonsault back rakes in this? Uh, there was a back rake spot, but the douchey thing that Phantasmo did in this match was he uh, he hits a, a uh, soul butt to uh, Leo Rush that puts Leo Rush down to his knees. And then he goes, sits him up uh, like he's going to give him like a, a tiger driver or a power bomb or a pedigree. And his back is facing the hard cam. And the Phantasma goes, right, hard. He says, my bad, hard cam. And then let's go, turns around, faces the camera, and then goes to do a move. But Leo Rush uh, turns it into a cradle. But it was like, he's such an asshole that he's making hard cam jokes during his match. Like, he is one of the great shithead heels in wrestling. He really is. And, like, I understand Josh doesn't like him that much or, or has something about... There's something he does he does not like. Uh, but, I'm sorry. Like, when you do stuff like that, you do stuff like the <laughs> the moonsaulting back rake. I'm sorry. You can't tell me that dude ain't nice. He is. <laughs> he just is. Um, but, yeah. Um, I flip. I flash forward to it or whatever else. But, like, yeah. Uh, Phantasma ended up winning the tournament. Um, so it'll be him versus, uh, Hiromu, which another match should be very good. That should um, be awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the only thing left is stardom. Well, hit the music. So, Stardom is in um, wrap-up mode. Uh, they are fast approaching their Osaka Indian Arena show um, on the 20th. So, that's next uh, Sunday. Uh, mostly, what they've done uh, to build this run-up is put Shuri in tags with Julia because they face each other for in a double title match between the white belt and the uh, SWA belt, and they've been also tagging Utami and Momo um, this whole run, uh, and then like this week is when they actually do the prelude battles when they're actually face each other in tags. Um, problem is Azumi injured her thumb, so she is going to miss uh, or, or she missed this show from today, and she also miss, is going to miss the Corken Hall on the 16th, so I think that's like Thursday. Um, but so they had to make some adjustments, but ultimately it's still the same. Like Momo will face um, Utami and a couple um, like triple threats or make, made up tags. But um, those that's what they've done. And then on the and the third program has been um, Mayu and Starlight Kid with um, another member of Stars versus. Tam's Cosmic Angels uh, trio that's inside of Stars, and they are building this as if like it's going to lead to a resolution where they face each other on the Osaka show, and it will be the end of Tam and Stars, which is going to make me very sad because uh, <laughs> Tam and Mayu's friendship is one of my favorite things in wrestling. They love each other. They support each other. They're there for uh, for ups and downs and all of that. 
you can almost see them at times, and you all see this with Tamp or with Mayu in um, Starlight Kid, where like their successes and their, their you know big wins or whatever else, like Mayu's is so over the moon and happy for them. Uh, but um, you know, Tam is part of the top four, and I guess it's time for her to get her own faction. Um, but yeah, so. Today, uh, they had a show in Shinjuku Face. Um, I'm, have you seen how many shows have you seen of the, in that venue? Any? I can't. It doesn't ring a bell. Like okay, the the setting with the name. Okay, so a that's a that's a place that like you see a lot of Joshian and a lot of like um non. How do I say this? Like the stuff you see on the on the Nico Nico, like. That that is uh, where you see uh, that thing you used a lot, like like uh, a smaller building. Yeah, it's uh the best way I can describe it is, um, where was uh the Shimmer New York show Shimmer One Seventeen? Was it in Laboom? Yes. It's it looks like a bigger version of Laboom. Mm. Like it looks like a cross between Laboom and that place in Brandon where we saw Rick Schwann's last uh, indie show before he went to WWE. It's gotcha. like crossing that where it's like this it's basically a club. <laughs> it looks like a club with a dance floor in a dead center and like there's four there's like four stairways to go up and like the the it's elevated um further out up the stairs. But it is it does look cool. So anyway, like the last time Stardom's only done this is Stardom's th- third show there they've ever done. The last time I did a show was actually the uh, 2016 Tag League Final, where um, EO turned on Mo- or on Mayu. Um, that led to their their great feud. But um, they they brought it out like uh, for this for this particular show before they went going to Kurgan Hall. Like on this card, you had what was really set was originally set up to be a tag match between Donald Domando's top four. So it's going to be Shuri. And Micah versus Julia and Hameka. Um, and they were going to do a tag match between, um, the top four of Queen's Quest in the main event, where it was going to be Azumi and Utami versus Momo and Saya, kind of where it's like, all right, there are two tag teams in Queen's Quest, and we're going to swap the tag partners for the prelude battle. But Azumi mm-hmm. ended up getting hurt, so they ended up turning into a three way, um, between Momo, Utami, and uh, and and Big Saya. So, and then the third match on the card was going to be, or I'm sorry, second from the top or third from the top was going to be, um, Cosmic Angels versus, um, Mayu, Starlight Kid, and um, Little Saya. Um, and also, uh, I think the second match was going to be a four way between, um. Oedotai. So it was going to be Konami versus B versus Saki versus Natsuko. So like they were for this match or for this uh, card that's not even a Korokan Hall or whatever else. They were going to give you probably like four good ass matches. So um, that happened today uh, to build build up towards the, the Korokan Hall card. The Korokan Hall card has um, Cosmic Angels versus the Trios Champions of Saki, Nasco, and B. Um, Cosmic Angels have not lost since they've been formed. Tam has not 
has lost one match or she's been pinned or submitted in one match since the uh, Grand Prix final. Um, like, so I imagine that they're going to become the trios champions and to take those to uh, the breakup of stars match um, and put those titles on the line. Uh, their storyline is working out like they're, uh, they're basically gearing towards a, a split with stars and they're kind of like trying to get LaSai to come with them. And Mayu's like, I see y'all trying to get uh, LaSai to come with you. Like, it's bad enough that, like, you know, y'all may be leaving, but you keep LaSai ass where she is, you leave her alone. So, like, they're trying to, you know, they're, they're basically, you know, pulling each, both, Tam's on one side pulling her arm, Mayu's on the other side pulling the other arm. And, you know, so. Yeah, they just need to fight or, or get drafted, one of the two. You know, you know th- all this, you know, <laughs> I think some aggressiveness, a, you know, we, we need some a, aggressiveness here. Well, we didn't have a draft this year because, you know, you know what happened with the year. Um, so many people left um, or no longer with us. So, well, oh, oh, it was a draft. All right. But it was a shoot like like we was drafting Julia into the promotion. You know, we was drafting Mecca into the promotion. Right. Everybody was, was getting inducted. <laughs> right. Like the influx of, of Donna Del Mondo, like it didn't. It just led to like you didn't really need a draft to freshen things up because it's like we have a fifth faction. We have a we have a fifth faction. We're going to downsize to a fourth faction, and we're pushing the shit out of only out of Queen's Quest and Donna Del Mondo all year. So it's like we ain't got to worry about that. Like we we and we're gonna have you know uh, Donna Del Mondo versus uh, Queen's Quest be like the top thing of the year uh, far as far as the, the faction warfare. So we ain't got to worry about all that. But uh, I think next year. I could see a draft, but this year it wasn't, you know, given the lack of shows, given the talent that left, talent that came in, it was fresh enough that it didn't, it didn't need it this year. Um, but yeah, so, um, you know, uh, we'll see what happens, um, with the show that happened today. We'll see what happens with the Cork and Hall show, um, on Thursday. And, um, you know, we'll probably be on air again before we even get to the, uh, Sunday show, but, I'm spending I'm spending a great show, another great show. Like, you know, you saw the whole show from the uh, the 14th show of November. So, I think the show could be better. Yeah, man. Um, I'm still kind of sitting over here thinking about Tanahashi and the Great Okan. Rosa <laughs> Tanahashi went from wrestling with Chris Jericho or Kenny Omega. To Chris Jericho, the great old column. <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe look, maybe it'll be great. Maybe when it's not, <laughs> look, uh, <laughs> or if it's not, this this is what I will say to you, right? Um, so another th- another news for uh, more news for Stardom. Um, <laughs> uh, their Budokan Hall show. That uh, is their tenth anniversary show. That's going to be on. I think it's uh, March third, two thousand twenty-one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be a battle royal in it, and in it will be uh, Yuzupan Yuzuki Akawa. Um, it'll be her first official wrestling match since she retired in two thousand thirteen. Um, that's when they did the Sumo Hall show to send her off with. Um, and it's also noted that there will be other um, notable Joshi. Also, Joshi Legends that are also retired, semi-retired, also in it. Uh, so we'll see who's involved. But like, that's the first thing they have uh, 
from a newsworthy standpoint. Um, I think she's probably the first person in Star that did a shit ton of kicks. Um, so I don't, I don't think you've ever seen her. Uh, I don't th- she. I don't think her best stuff is as good as Arisa Oshigi stuff, but like she'll kick the shit out of you at least. Um, but we'll see where that we'll see where that goes. But it is funny because I want to say a couple months ago, I think I saw I saw a video of her because she has her YouTube channel because you know she's like a she you know she was a model and then decided to get into wrestling. That's why that's how Rossi got the backing to do this with her uh, in stardom. Um, so. She's, you know, now she's retired. She's kind of like has a lifestyle of similar to uh, like the Bella Twins, where it's like I'm an influencer, right? So she uh, she showed up to the ceiling gym with Nanai and, and Yoshiko, and they had like a little goofy practice match, right? So it's like so she's been like training with with ceiling, you know, the ceiling folks, the two, the, you know, the ones that have been sh- banished to the shadow realm from stardom. <laughs> After what happened in 2015, and then like after you like you know get she in shame, you know we go back, we go back years. Yeah, th- yeah, thanks, she go think no, not yeah, I'm about to go back to stardom, <laughs> <laughs> or at least for one match. It's like so you so you was training with us to go. You used yeah. us. <laughs> we've been yeah. mad. We've been scammed. Hoodwink. Let us yeah. train. <laughs> what a muck. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I just thought that hey. shit was funny. Remember when they started giving John Cena goofy WrestleMania matches? Ooh, yeah, he left. Telling you, bro, <laughs> when this when this Ace Pro Wrestling starts, I'm telling you, the I'm trajectory you. is there. I'm telling you, um, yeah. Oh, y'all done with me? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about it. Like, okay, so can you imagine, right? Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, you know, or Wrestle Kingdom is such a is a bigger show of the year. Like, you imagine, like, if I'm trying to think of what would be example, the accurate example of what this is. Um, can you imagine if they took the belt off? I got it. They took the belt off Mayu right in November, and then like you get to the 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 uh, March third show, and like she's like. In the third match, and, she, and she's like wrestling, like I don't know. She's like wrestling, like Micah. <laughs> that's probably that's probably insulting to Micah, but like I can't think of what. Uh, let's see, who can I think of as lore? Like uh, I can't even think of that. Um, who would it be? Who would be somebody that that'd be that low on the card? It was like it's an insult to put her in a match with. I can't even think of it. it but it be but Micah be way be better than, from um, the top. than who? I think they're going to be third from the top that day. You think so? Yeah. But, uh, it is Tanahashi, so you kind of, it, it, it's the fourth or the fifth? The fourth. I don't think so, bro. Because think about it. And Naito and Ibushi. Right. Okada and Osprey. Right. And it's that. Like, you're not going to put Hiromu over him. That's true. Tag team match, you're not going to put that in front of him. But, I think it's I think it's the third one. Uh, what what day is Evil Sonata? Uh, the fifth. Okay, okay. I feel like there's some there'll be some like clusterfuck tag match that that could be in front of it, but maybe I'm wrong. But like, because that seems like for a third match from the top for for Rust Kingdom, even if it is a two day event, that seems pretty weak. 
It we is Tanahashi. See. It is Tanahashi. So he, he's bound to like slap us in the face with a three, with a four and a half. But still, right. Um, yeah. But um, anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I guess that's the end of the show. Um, you got anything else? So I put a tweet out that said "Free Tanahashi" with the graphic. Mm-hmm. Oh, Tanahashi versus Okan. Someone that I that follows me, I guess you know. I'm actually looking forward to this match, bro. I didn't ask you. I don't. I don't care. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like, <laughs> that's all. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, th- that's it. This show. Thanks for listening, y'all. Um, be sure to raise whatever app you're using. Listen to this with with uh, tell the folks about the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Um, be sure to go to prowrestlingtees.com slash social suplex and pick up some official social suplex podcast network merchandise. Um, and also check out the other shows on network on, on uh, Sundays, Mondays, one H radio, uh, Mondays, Tuesdays, keep it a strong style Wednesdays, the Ricky and Clyde wrestling, uh, podcast every other Wednesday, Grumman watches shit Thursdays, the Grave Consequences Podcast, Fridays, 8-Bit Suplex, Saturdays, All Things Elite, and Sundays, uh, Great Match Generator. Um, thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace.